This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and... What's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and we are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Check out all of the podcasts and check out all their different shows. So many great shows, once again, over at MLWRadio.com. Also, our podcast is absolutely free. Go ahead and check our podcast out anywhere fine podcasts are available. We're adding new destinations uh, in the near future as well. If you know anybody who likes wrestling, what it's like looking to friends chit-chat about the world and the world of wrestling, definitely go ahead and recommend that to them as well. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead, and without any further ado, he is the man from the north. He's my brother from another mother. He's from Canada. He's better than you. And you know it. His name is Christopher Butt. Buster, what's going on, brother? This is it, Michael. Another Tuesday night, hanging out with you. We talk some wrestling. Uh, make fun of each other, have some laughs, it'll be a good time. It's the highlight of my week a lot of times, Mike. Well, I don't I, know what that says for me, I, but... I was just about to say, if I am the highlight of your week, my friend, you need to add other things to your week. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, so many things going on in the world of professional wrestling. We're going to go ahead and uh, cover as many different topics as we can. We're going to share our thoughts as well. And once again, after you listen to this, if you'd like to share your thoughts and weigh in on the conversation, you can hit us up on social media. I am my new Twitter account. By the way, let me throw this out here. My new Twitter account. I had to create a new one. And the reason why was because I was having so many issues with my old one. And unfortunately, when you change your Twitter account, you lose a lot of your followers. So I'm trying to let everybody know where I'm at. So I'm at the Mike Freeland, T-H-E-M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Same person. Just put the word the in front of it. You can go ahead and continue to follow me on that. I would be so very gracious. And I know we're going to say this again at the end of the show, but Butster, what is your uh, social media handle? Uh, Twitter is at gotnoof2291, at G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. All right, great. Uh, so many things I want to talk about here in wrestling. So WWE has kind of an issue right now that I want to kind of address first. And I, I talked about this to a couple of their people on social media and this whole world heavyweight championship tournament. Now I think there was a lot of speculation, at least a lot of belief within the fans that this was going to be Seth Rollins's championship. A lot of people originally, some people were thinking, well, you know, Cody didn't get the championship from Roman Reigns. Therefore, we thought if he gets drafted to Raw, this would be obviously his championship. Therefore, uh, I don't want to say just appease Cody, but at least give him something uh, for coming back and, and whatnot. But it, uh, it didn't head in that direction. Uh, obviously, he is not uh, in the finals, and he is feuding with Brock Lesnar still for reasons we don't know. But, Butster, I want to talk to you about this first thing. So Seth Rollins widely believed to be the guy that was going to end up winning the championship. But it looks like things have changed. Have you heard some updates as to why maybe things have changed? Well, that I have not. Last I heard was Seth is going to be the guy. They're going to 
put it on him while Roman takes a bit of time away, and Seth was going to run with it. He's a good choice. He's a very good choice. I mean, he doesn't have bad matches. No. Right? I don't think I have ever seen him have a bad match. He is, he's charismatic. He's great on the mic. And I think there's so many things about Seth Rollins that clearly Hall of Famer. I mean, I think that goes without saying. Oh, that's a given. Did the Shield get in? We're gone off topic already. That didn't pay Would the Shield get in as a faction? I, I absolutely think they would. Now, the only way that I guess would happen would be if there was some type of men's made between John Moxley and WWE, which may happen, which which may not happen. I don't know if you've read John's book. Um, he has said in not so many words, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, he's not really happy with WWE. And I don't think being in their Hall of Fame is something that's on his must list of things to accomplish. But once again, we've seen things calm down over the years. Am I right on this one? But Things calm down, tempers fizzle out. What used to be a flame turns into just a little ember. And then at some point in time, everybody says, you know what? It's wrestling. Let's just go ahead and do this, and let's make some money. Bruno did it. If Bruno did it, anybody can. Yeah, no, I agree with that. If Bruno or San Martino can get that done. And also, uh, superstar Billy Graham, who also had a lawsuit as well against WWE. Um Speaking of superstar Billy Graham, I was following social media, and he is is or was on life support. And I don't have any updates right now. I'm going to hopefully give you some before uh, we're done with this episode. But um, keep your thoughts and prayers for not only superstar but his family as well. He's had so much influence in the world of wrestling, which uh, is far reaching. But um, another another legend right now who is who's struggling. So keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Um, I was finding this one kind of interesting. So an article stated that, that triple H was so high on Seth Rollins and like Seth was his guy, right? His number one guy. Well, it looks like Seth Rollins is going to be a little busy. Um, he actually had to have a pre-tape done for, I guess this past Monday night raw because he is actually on the set of the making of a Marvel movie. So it is going to be called um, Marvel, I want to say, let's see here, uh, Captain America, New World Order. So according to Fightful, Rollins was dressed as a member of the Serpent Society. Rollins' role in the fourth Captain America movie has not yet officially been confirmed, but the film will star Anthony Mackie, Danny Ramirez, Carl Lumby, Tim Blake Nelson, Shira Haas, Harrison Ford, and Liv Tyler. Captain America New World Order will premiere in theaters, it says, May 3rd of 2024. Um, I do see that there's a picture of Seth on set right here. This was posted on social media, so uh, it does look like he is involved with that. Now, right now, WWE is having some second thoughts about Seth Rollins for the simple fact that if he is going to be gone taking some time off to do not only this movie, but potentially other movies. Uh, WWE is a little concerned about putting the championship on somebody who may or may not be around all that often. Do you think that this is a, this is something that WWE is going to have to come to grips with as far as Seth Rollins, that he wants to follow in the footsteps of John Cena, following the footsteps of um, 
so many other stars who've crossed over into the world of wrestling, Dave Batiste as well. We know that Roman Reigns wants to cross over at some point in time and do that as well. Do you think that they're just going to have to say, you know what? He's done a lot for us. If he has this opportunity, we got to let him do it. They should. You got to think, like you said, he's done a lot for him. And if he's in a Marvel, especially a Marvel movie, millions of people will watch that. And it gives WWE a little bit of exposure. Oh, my God. Yes. Brings over, you know, a small percentage, 5% new fans. That's still a boatload of people. That is a boatload of people. Right, so I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, it sucks. It does take him out of the ring for a bit. Fair. But I'm sure he could work something into where he can still make a, a cameo appearance every once in a while, fly him in for Monday Night Raw, have him I don't know, just cut a segment. He's obviously not going to be touring. He's not going to be on the road right. doing house shows. But still, you can make that work. It, it will be work. But you could make it happen if you if you wanted to. And they'd be foolish not to let him do it. And he's he's a great choice as a champion. You can have a part-time champion. Rome does it. Brock did it. It's been done. Right? And he's a little better than either one of those guys in the ring. Right? So I, I don't see why not. Give him what he deserves. He's put in his time for he's made oodles of money for WWE. No, brought in all kinds of fans. Let him do his thing. Let him make a couple extra bucks outside of wrestling. I think everybody wins in it. Right? And he's a little more financially secure for his future. And, and, yeah. and once again, you said this before. You know that that's some of the goals of people in WWE. They want to transition. They want to go to that next level. They want to see, you know, there was a lot of success with Batista. There was, I would say, some success with John Cena, you know, cresting over into movies. Obviously, The Rock has done very well. Let me ask you this question. As far as the current crop of wrestlers who have crossed over into movies, I think there's a good argument to say that The Rock has done extremely well as far as movies, and and he's probably right at that number one spot. But would you say that Batista is is a clear number two? I mean, from what he has done, his body of work, I I really think he's blossomed since he's gone over oh, to acting. Well, for sure. The um, was the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, that's a huge series. I mean, that's not even my cup of tea, but I watched it because Batista's in it. Yep, and I enjoyed it. Honestly, I thought it was pretty good. Right, he's he's tough for number two. Who would even be close? Yeah, Cena, okay, maybe. He's been in a lot of movies too, though. He's been in a lot of movies, but I mean, would you say, in your opinion, Cena has had the success? Cena is successful because he's John Cena. But as far as his movies, are people talking about John Cena's movies? Probably not. Probably not. He's in I mean, a lot of movies. No Holds Barred was huge. Him no Holds Barred was huge. And obviously he did Mr. Nanny. He did um, Santa with Muscles. Or Suburban Commando. You're right. He did the Rocky movie. Well, I mean, once again, so did Piper. You know, Piper did a lot of movies. And um, 
so did Jesse Ventura, who did movies. And then you had Andre, who did uh, The Princess Bride. So, I mean, wrestlers have been doing movies and being a part of it for, for a long time. A lot of, like, crossover appeal. But I definitely think the guy who has the most successful career as of right now definitely is The Rock. And I oh, think... That's not even close. That's... Yeah. My God, that's apples and oranges. Amen to that. Um, Ringside News is reporting that Seth Rollins and AJ Styles are set to collide in Saudi Arabia at the Night of Champions, which will be taking place on May 27th. That is a WWE PLE. Now, that being said, Rollins has been the favorite to win the World Heavyweight Championship, according to sources inside to Ringside News. Now, there may be some little bit of trepidation as far as maybe putting the belt on him as previously noted by ringside news seth rollins was spotted on the set of captain america new world order and he is set to have a really big role and this could line him in future roles in the marvel universe as well so when it comes to this i think that we're excited for seth rollins i think that's something that goes without saying i hope he succeeds um it's just really hard you know not seeing him in the ring if we don't see him as much anymore because Seth definitely has the ability to carry a show his personality I mean the audience sings his song and whether he's a heel or a babyface, the, the audience responds to him and that's the big thing in wrestling whether you're a heel or a babyface, you want them to respond you either want them to boo you out of the building or you want them to cheer you till panes of glass break uh, no pun intended uh, but you don't want them just to sit on their hands and do nothing. At that point in time, you're not really connecting with the audience. But Seth Rollins has he's worked both sides of the character line, right? Been a great babyface, been a great heel. I think he can play either character really, really well. I love him as a heel, though. But I feel like right now he's kind of a tweener. He kind of is in that stone cold category where it's fun to like a bad guy. It's fun to like a bad guy. And sometimes bad guys actually have qualities that we really like. And it really makes things difficult to say, well, is this guy really a bad guy or maybe not? Or I don't know. But either way, Seth Rollins has been um, has made an indelible impression with WWE Universe. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I guess my big question is, but Sir WWE, they, they had the draft. They split the rosters up. They created this new championship, right? It was supposed to be right after Backlash that, all right, the new SmackDown guys are going to be just SmackDown. The new Raw guys are going to be just Raw. But there's been blending that's still happening here. And why did we decide to have a heavyweight championship tournament for a championship that's specifically allocated for Monday Night Raw and then have SmackDown guys compete in it as well? I Very odd, unless you knew all along that a Raw guy was going to win it, which kind of makes sense right we can have smackdown guys but we know they're not going to win it but so, now, do you potentially change your mind and put it on aj styles no uh, i don't think they're going to put it on aj um seth is the answer right now he's the popular opinion yeah okay he's going to take some time away from the movie how long does that really take i don't know i'm not saying that sarcastically i have no idea Right. So, I mean, say, is it like two months, three months? I don't think it'd be real long, is it, filming a movie? I think he could be gone for the summer. You think so? That's, yeah, that's a long do. time. It is a long time. 
All right, if he's gone for the whole summer, that is a long time. But it's, no, fair enough. In four months, summer's over. So that's, correct. I guess, hey, uh, don't wish summer to be over too soon. I'm a teacher. I need that time to go slow. <laughs> oh, Michael. Remember, my wife's a teacher also. I want it to go fast so I can get peace and quiet when she goes back to work. Oh, my God. I can say that because she can't hear me from in here. Mm-hmm. But she can't listen to the show when she downloads it. Anywhere fine podcasts are available. You don't know. She may do that. I hope not. God, I hope not. <laughs> That's one thing we do not need right there, Mike. Oh, but, gosh. No, but it, say he takes that time away. Okay, say he's gone for four months. You obviously can't just have no champion. They're saying right. Roman's going to take some time off. I don't think they've announced when that's going to happen yet. So, if he does take his time off, and Seth is your champion, hypothetically, right? then you have no champions. Correct. No world champions, no heavyweight champions. That's not going to fly. That, that just can't work. Even if you did bring Seth in for like a shot here or a shot there, it's still you, you need more than that. Like you can't have both of your champions gone. So I guess you do put it on AJ. But who, how many people really want to see AJ as a champion again? Okay, let's let's go down that hole. What would make you say you don't want to see AJ as champion again? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's a one specific thing. It just doesn't do it for me. He's very good. He's amazing talent. He just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. Right. Like I, I don't get excited for his like I like his older matches, but the stuff he's doing now just doesn't do much for me. I think for me when they had it with um uh, almost with and Anderson, or well, that I could deal with, but when they had him with almost, yes, I think at that point, I was just like, All right, has this is this what happened to AJ? You had the bodyguard gimmick. Now, I'm sure a lot more of that was to get almost over than what it was to help AJ, correct? That's pretty cut and dry there, but to me, that kind of hurt his character. This, once again, this is just my opinion. I'm probably wrong i usually am but that's just my take on it is i'm just not a big aj fan i mean if we had brandon on here tonight he would be cutting me up something god awful right now because i mean he's a huge aj mark right so it's just different opinions than different you know your fans are of different things and it just doesn't do it for me unfortunately he's very good very talented you know legend don't get me wrong, I'm not cutting him up or nothing. Hall of Famer? Oh, hell yeah. For sure. But it's just not my thing. I don't I know. Maybe if that. I watch him a little bit more again, I would get into it, but it's just I got tired of it with the almost thing. I completely get that. I mean, I think a lot, it took a lot of people back. They were like, why are they doing this? And, and you, I think you nailed it right on the head. Is that the whole goal was associate o- almost with AJ Styles? Obviously, almost gets the AJ rub. Obviously, he gets more TV time because he's he's accompanying AJ. Maybe put them in a tag team at some point in time. Let him travel up and down the roads with AJ. And as far as maybe starting getting some knowledge and you know just kind of sitting under learning tree. But I think sometimes what happens is. 
when you're a very successful wrestler and you don't put up a big stink about stuff, right? And you're a team player. I think sometimes, and I may be wrong on this, but I think you get strapped with, you know what? This person is a, is a true blue team player. We can do this and that with him. And we know that they're not going to fuss a whole lot. And I feel like Natty is in that same category. Speaking of Natty, we're going to get to her later on as well, because there was a very interesting comment that was made by Conan that I know you and I kind of went back and forth about. But as far as AJ, I think AJ and Seth are going to have a great match in Saudi Arabia. No doubt about that. It'll be interesting to see what they actually end up doing, because if it truly is a raw brand championship, by default, you're going to have to give it to... Seth, now, does Seth keep it? Does Seth not keep it? Is it a situation of maybe before he leaves, he ends up dropping it? Maybe he drops it at a SummerSlam or something? I don't know. But I think it would be interesting because if they gave it to AJ Styles, would he just transition over to Monday Night Raw? Like, how would that? It's just really odd, in my opinion, because there's no logic between some of these moves. Like, for example, when they, they did the 18 call-ups, right, after WrestleMania from NXT, Indy Hartwell had to drop the NXT championship, but the NXT tag team champions didn't have to drop their tag team titles. So it was kind of like, well, why did one have to do it, but the other ones didn't? I don't know. Um, but anyway, that is, uh, that's a dilemma. We're going to have to find out what happens in Saudi Arabia on May 27th. See what happens. Regardless, let's just focus on it being a hell of a match and a match that very well may may steal the show. I would have loved to have seen Shawn Michaels in his prime against Seth Rollins, against an AJ in his prime. I mean, oh my gosh. Talk about just incredible matches. Wow. Those matches, if they are legit fantasy matches. They are. Could you imagine? Those would go down as all-time great matches. Barring something stupid happening, but I can't see how you would have those guys or three-way, three of them, ladder match. Oh, my gosh. Can you fathom no. how that would go down? The athletic ability, the just the charisma oh. on the microphones, the going back and forth, the build-up, it, it would be really awesome. So... Looks like Monday Night Raw is going to have to make a decision or Triple H or Vince is going to have to make a decision on what basically they're going to do with the Monday Night Raw brand because uh, they need to have some sort of a direction here. Speaking of direction, there is some new news that's coming out about Roman Reigns. Once again, according to ringsidenews.com, uh, Roman Reigns is still ahead of the table, but it appears that... Um, Things are going to be changing for him. Now, it doesn't appear he's scheduled to lose his championships anytime soon, even though they recently created a new championship to be on Raw to kind of counter Roman having two championships. But it does look like he is going to officially take a break from WWE. Now, there's been some people on social media who have uh, had some speculations, but there are some inside sources that say he is definitely going to be taking some time off but he is going to retain the championships. Uh, an insider to WWE stated that Roman will be taking time off, but even if he's taking time off, he is not going to be giving up the championships and that they are going to keep them on him. Um, when asked whether Roman Reigns will leave WWE, many fans have chimed in 
that they did not want to see him leave, but Roman Reigns, per his new contract with WWE, is scheduled to get more time off in 2023. It is being reported that he will work very few television events, uh, and his appearances will be more of a spectacle. Now, it's a big deal because he doesn't wrestle at house shows now. So if you do see him at a house show, which is going to be extremely rare, they are saying right now that you should definitely go ahead and take it in if you can. Um, okay, let's kind of jump into this here. Roman Reigns taking some time off. We knew about this when he worked his new contract out. This got released last year that he would be taking some time off. But we always assumed but that when a wrestler takes time off, they're going to drop the title, right? They're going to drop the title. They're going to kind of be written off TV. They're going to kind of go do their thing. And then they would come back once that, that time is gone, but he's going to keep the championships, even though he's not going to be on TV. Now sources inside WWE have reported that they want to have him be seen as unbeatable champion. And therefore they want to have a lot of clamor for whoever is going to be the person to try to dethrone Roman. I just said a whole lot. What are some of your thoughts about all of this? My take on it is if they want to keep the titles on him while he takes time away, they have no faith in anybody. They have no faith in anybody taping the torch and running with it. That's why they're going to let him keep the titles while he's away. Because wrestling would benefit from him not taking time off with the belts. Have the belts get defended. You know, create some excitement. Title matches create excitement. You want to see new champions. Or you want to see, you know, if you're a fan of the current champion, whoever it will be, you want to see them defend. Him taking time off and just going away with the belts kind of hurts the belt a little bit, I think. Because it's not going to get defended. Yes, okay, it does make it look like, hey, I'm a champion. I'm just going to walk away my belts because nobody can beat me anyway. And when I come back, yeah, I can see that appeal to a certain extent. But I personally think you'd get further ahead with having them drop the belts. Some, no, just to, like they did in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. He has a match. He loses. He gets hurt. Blown out knee. Something he's got to take. No, I don't want to see him get hurt. Hear me out. No kayfabe hurt. He's got to take time off to recuperate and then have him come back then, you know, as a surprise run in. I know surprises are few and far between these days, but you could go that route. I think they'd be further ahead. Then you have an instant feud. While he's away, you could have whoever takes the belt from him. Feud with somebody when Roman comes back, you can bring him right back on the title picture, have him do a run in, you know, instant feud right off the hop. If you want to put the belt back on him, then you can, you have your opportunity. That to me would be a better choice, more logical choice than just having him walk away with it because now your belts are off TV and off you know, TV to get forgotten quickly. So, how much prestige is there really to those belts if you're not going to have them? Anywhere, I wonder if not, and not to cut you off, but I wonder if it's they're trying to build up the this colossal event that once Roman finally does lose it, it it's it's a big big deal. 
Like, I wonder if that's what they're trying to build up. Because we talked about in prior episodes how in the late 70s and the 80s, they actually had really long-reigning champions, right? But we did say that nowadays that, that model doesn't work so well because the attention span of a wrestling fan is, is much shorter. You've got to keep things fresh. You've got to keep things cycling it in. I'm not saying a year, but I would say nowadays, if somebody's a champion for a year, that's a long time in the world of wrestling, especially when you have multiple television shows per week. So to have somebody who's a champion for, you know, three years, that's a long time. Now, ratings have not slipped. I mean, obviously, this Bloodline storyline has been good. Sami Zayn recently gave an interview saying that the Bloodline storyline, as far as his involvement, is in fact winding down. He confirmed that. Do you think that we're going to see maybe ratings maybe come back down a little bit now that the Bloodline is storyline maybe kind of cooling off a bit? I would imagine it will. It's a hot commodity right now. Everybody's talking about it. Wrestling fans are talking about it. Everybody got invested with it. With the Sammy thing, that just put it right over the top. Right, everybody fell in, in love with Sammy over that. The emotion, everything going with it, the swerve. You know, it was great. It can only stay so hot for so long. And that that's not just a bloodlines thing, that's anything. NWO could only do it for so long. DX, four horsemen, so on and so forth. NWO. Yeah, NWO. So it's, it's only going to run for so long. It does run its course. It's been a great run. You know, you're probably going to end up with at least one more new star with Solo Sokoa. Right? I mean, you bring he's, well, he's been around for a little bit now, but he's going to end up being a star out of this. Right? Sammy's gotten bigger. Hopefully he doesn't get lost in the shuffle like he was before and then some dumbass gimmick and just get buried. But, you know, the Usos, they're hotter than ever. Roman's red hot. Right? KO's hot again. It's elevated everything. But it has to come to an end. It just, you just can't keep a storyline going forever. It's going to come to an end. It's definitely going to tail off. I'm just going to have to reinvent those guys, reintroduce them to something else. It's been a yeah, good run, though. Let's be it, honest. I mean, it's geez, what is, been a great run. And I think anyone who's a wrestling fan has thoroughly enjoyed this. And one person who's enjoyed it a lot is the aforementioned Sami Zayn. Uh, kind of segueing into this aspect, during an interview with Inside the Ropes, Sami Zayn was asked to give his thoughts on his involvement with a Bloodline storyline. And Fightful has reported this was a transcript of what he said. So let me read this to you. It's hard to say because sometimes I do these things. I'm like, well, that was it. I don't think I'll do anything ever better than that again. But I've pretty much been lucky my entire career because I've been doing this for 21 years. It took me 21 years to finally get a Bloodline storyline. And for as many great things as I've, I've done before, I've still got to do something even greater with this story. I don't know if that's the only thing I'll be remembered for, but I really don't know what else I'd be remembered for. And that's kind of out of my hands, to be honest. But if something is to be remembered finally in the years to come, what would I ask for? 
the bloodline. It's been wonderful. It's been a blast. Sometimes hidden laughter or the clear chemistry between performers on screen and off. It's just kind of that weird lightning in a bottle. Perfect timing for everyone. Um, he did also go on to say he does know that the bloodline storyline is going to be ending for him soon. Um, but he's really happy that he got to do it. And he mentioned before, you know, I've been in the business for 21 years and I finally got a storyline that really put me front and center. Um, so we start to learn more about Sami Zayn, the person and Sami Zayn, the performer and how grateful he is. Now I read an article where he was making over a hundred thousand dollars a year on the Indies and he took a substantial pay cut. I want to say right around 30 to $40,000 to originally come into WWE and he wanted to prove himself. He wanted an opportunity and he did. And now from a financial standpoint, I think he's doing very well, but, um, a guy like Sammy, do I think that he's got another big storyline in his career before he wraps it up? I would probably have to say no. But once again, we never saw this coming. So it could be a situation of, you know what? Maybe there is something else. When you look at Sammy Zayn, as far as his time in WWE, not his career completely, do you think this is going to be what he's rem remembered for the most? Most likely. I mean, this has been a huge program. This this program with the bloodline, this is this is up there, Mike. This is some of the best we've seen in a lot of years. I would agree. So burning him getting into something, you know, I don't know how much better you're gonna do these days with just the way programming is and writing and talent coming and going. But uh I, I would have to disagree with you that this is his last big big thing. That he'll do. I think he's got. He's still got some gas left in the tank. He could. He could still do something, right? I, I still want to see him and, and Kevin Owens do like a long time program feud with each other. That's what I still want to see. Because that will be that'll be big too. It's not gonna be a bloodline big, but it'll be big, right? But he, yeah, it's just probably what he's gonna be remembered for, as of now. Um. We will circle back around, come back to this, but staying on the topic of WWE, uh, I do have some new news regarding the new name of the organization, the company that is being formed with WWE and UFC. I'll get to that, but I wanted to talk to you about this as well, but um, some people had said, and I don't know if you and I talked about this once before, but it, we had speculated at some point in time once the sale had gone through, we weren't really quite sure how long Endeavor would keep Vince McMahon around. And it looks like Vince McMahon might be around for, for quite some time. Um, this is once again ringside news. It says Vince McMahon must remain WWE chairman until either his death, he resigns, um, or there is a new restructured deal with Endeavor. So it's very interesting. It says Vince McMahon must stay with the company. Um, until things change. Now, Endeavor obviously has the majority sharehold in WWE right now and in UFC. They are going to go ahead and change the uh, landscape of wrestling and of sports. Right now, they are talking about naming the company TKO, and that is being reported as of right now. Now, WrestleNomics recently 
publish a timeline as far as the events of everything that happened and how quickly the sale came to be. Buster, I don't know if you realize this, but there was allegedly over 60 people or 60 entities that were interested in purchasing WWE. Now, not all of those uh, companies have been released yet, but it was interesting that we didn't really think that there was that many people that were interested in WWE, but it looks like maybe behind the scenes there was a lot more negotiations and talking that had gone on with that. Are you surprised that there's that many entities that were considering uh, taking WWE? I'm not surprised. WWE is a, a big organization, been around for a lot of years, and they make great money. So, I mean, if you could swing it, it'd be a solid investment, right? So, 60s, that's a lot, though. Like, that's a big number, because... What did it go for? Five billion dollars, wasn't it? Nine billion. Nine, but so that's a boatload of cash. I need to know what the sixty uh, groups were. Right? Yeah, right now they're staying anonymous. But I mean, when you look at large companies that could uh, take on something like that, I mean, a Comcast definitely could. NBC Universal definitely could, if they wanted to. Um, they were talking about Amazon definitely could do that. Uh, Amazon and Jeff Bezos. So there's a lot of different names out there who has the money and the resources. It just really depends on whether or not that they, what they wanted to do. Cause not everybody knows what to do with wrestling and it's very niche as far as its audience. So. Well, it's a different, different creature from well, everything really I mean, it's it's not like uh, whatever random Monday night or Wednesday night show you're watching. You know, it's a little bit sports, a little bit drama, a little bit action, a little bit reality, all kind of thrown together. As Linda calls it, a man's soap opera. There you go. Which is pretty much what it is in all reality. Right? So it is a different creature. It's not like you can just throw it on any time. Just, that just wouldn't fly. It's definitely something you have to be in the mood to watch. Um, so I've also had people hitting me up on social media asking me, so Mike, is WWE 100% owned by um, this new company? Is it Endeavor owns 100% of WWE? How does all this work? So I'm going to explain this to you. I'm going to kind of walk you through kind of a timeline here is how all of this happened negotiating. Originally, Endeavor was looking for 57% ownership of WWE, and WWE and Vince would keep 43% of it. And then that would obviously involve some other uh, transactions along the way to make it happen. Then we move on to March 22nd. Vincent Mann and Nick Khan met with Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro from Endeavor. Then there was a situation of, well, maybe we should do it a little bit differently. Um... Endeavor was looking for 57%, WWE 43%, and then they finally decided on Endeavor would uh, own 51% of WWE, and Vince would own 49%. So that's where we stand as of right now. It is 51% is owned by Endeavor, 49% is still owned by Vince McMahon. So Vince still owns roughly half of WWE. He is a co-owner in WWE. So it is not a situation where the company is officially sold. Once again, this is a merger between companies. 
Um, so that's kind of where we stand right now. And it looks like the actually the, the, the new company's formation, the legal paperwork, is going to be filed by the end of June. Um, just over a week after the deal is finalized on the merger, um, the company says they have big plans right now. Now, one of them is Vince McMahon being a part of everything going forward. Now, he is to remain and bound to the title of chairman of WWE until he decides or until he decides to give up the job himself. So until he dies or gives up the job himself. Wow. So they can't get rid of him, period. That was worked into the deal. Good move for him on his part. And once again, he's not losing WWE. He's now a co-owner in WWE. But you also got to wonder, let's say things don't necessarily work out so hot. I'm sure Vince could probably buy back that, what, 2% or buy, not the 2%, but buy out, uh, you know, a larger stake in WWE once again, if he wants to. I'm sure the contract is going to be renegotiated once again, like contracts do every so often. So if everyone thinks Vince doesn't own WWE, yes, he still does. He co-owns it at this point in time. It's not a complete sale of the company. And I think a lot of people were unsure about what all of that meant. Is WWE not... um, You can buy stocks in it, can you not? Currently you can. However, I do believe that it is going to be taken uh, into the private sector. So I think it's not going to be um, a company that's traded at this point. So what happens if you had a bunch of stocks in WWE? I think this merger happens, you just... No, I think what you could do, and once again, I'm not 100% on how this is all going to work. I'm sure you could probably end up cashing out from whatever shares that you have. Um, Once again, we don't know what they're going to do, what Endeavor is going to do, but from everything that I heard is that it's no longer going to be a publicly traded company, and that if you own shares in WWE, obviously you'd have the abilities to cash out. So, So that's that. Very interesting. TKO is what they're talking about uh, naming the company. Maybe I'll buy a share so I can say I'm co-owner WWE. You could. What a share goes for? Um, something else I really want to talk about. I want to get your take as well. As I, I talked about earlier on that WWE was kind of confusing when it came to the brand split and what they were going to do. And there were so many call-ups that were happening. But there was one person in particular that didn't get called up. And I think we were all kind of surprised. And that was Braun Breaker. So, according to Ringside News, WWE surprised a lot of fans with their choices in the 2023 draft. Now, the company called up several names from NXT, 18 of them to be specific, but Braun Breaker was not one of them. Now, it turns out that he wasn't even discussed as far as being brought up at all. A port was released uh, last week saying there were tentative plans to draft Braun Breaker to the main roster, but officials were so impressed with his work in NXT, they decided to leave him there to cultivate his character better. Um, None of this has been 100% officially released by WWE, but Ringside News did reach out to WWE staffer and asked about the plans. Would they ever bring Braun Breaker up to the main roster anytime soon? And Ringside News was told that there was no discussions of moving him up. In fact, the discussion about Braun uh, being on the main roster, uh, it never went around the table of discussions. Not only have there not been any discussions about moving him up, there were specific discussions about giving him more time in NXT. 
Now, as we said before, WWE still called up a lot of stars from NXT in the draft. And Braun Breaker looks like he's going to be in NXT for quite some time, at least for the foreseeable future. And that very well may be until the end of the year at the earliest. Um, now, there was a report coming out that Shawn Michaels, who has been part of heading up NXT as far as creative and developmental, was not happy about seeing all of these stars go. Um, obviously, they're going to have to, once again, uh, replenish things down in NXT. But the thought is keeping Braun Breaker down there might be some form of stability as that transition occurs. Butster, your thoughts. I mean, now that you know that Maybe keeping him down there might help the stability of a brand after you've brought so many people up. That sounds great. Do you think there might be a little bit more to the story, meaning maybe he's just not quite there yet? No, he's there. I think he's just a, became a victim of they brought up so many. If they bring him up to or leaves NXT with very slim pickings. Uh, he's he's excellent. He's a very good worker, right? So he, I personally think you could bring him up now, put him on the main roster, right? And it's unfortunate that he's not because he deserves it. He's earned it. He just didn't get his chance. I am surprised that he wasn't even discussed, honestly. You mean tell me you couldn't bring him up and leave somebody else down there? I don't know. He's probably the biggest name they have in NXT, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think. I mean, Carmelo Hayes is a big deal as well. Grayson Waller was a big deal as well. And he's also very much in that mix. I think. See, it, okay, there's part of me that's very skeptical. There's part of me that's the cynical person, the, the conspiracy theorist, that maybe no. there's something go that's going on here that they didn't want to bring him up. And I alluded on the social media that maybe it was because of the situation with his father. Maybe they want things to kind of calm down a little bit uh, before they bring him up. That could be completely just utter ridiculousness. The other thing I thought of is, you know, maybe he just needs more seasoning and polishing. And then there's a part of me that says, well, they, they got rid of 18 people. Like you just said, if they don't keep someone down there, so these new people who are coming in and the people that are there can start to elevate themselves. You're going to need some level of, and I, I use this term lightly, veterans that are there as well. And I'm sure that Sean was probably saying, look, you're taking all these people. You got to leave a couple of people for me. And maybe the deal was pick one guy or gal or whoever. And, and maybe Braun was the one. So I, I really don't know what's going to be happening. I think it's going to be interesting, but, um, we're just going to have to wait and see. But uh, Braun... Most people were surprised Braun didn't get the call up. Oh, I was shocked. I thought he would have been there at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah I uh, was very surprised. Well, thinking of uh, things that might give you a headache when you think about them too much and things that are shockers and surprisers, Wednesday night very well could be the biggest night in AEW history. There is a big announcement that Tony Khan has been teasing. And I know a lot of people, whenever I say Tony Khan and he's teasing an announcement, they just simply roll their eyes. Tony Khan has had many, quote-unquote, big announcements. Some of them have not been exactly as monumental as Tony built them up to be. 
before we go into this next segment, you and I kind of had kind of a, a disagreement when it came to the most recent big announcement. Uh, I, I wasn't catching the show. I was busy doing baby stuff and just not getting rest and whatnot. And you texted me and you said, hey, did you check out the big announcement? And I finally did. And you were, I said, how did you feel about it? Don't give me a spoiler, but how do you feel? And you were like, eh, whatever. But then I found out that it was Wembley Stadium, and I actually was pretty excited about that. Just for the simple fact that it's a ballsy move for AEW, a company who, let's be honest right now, they play to smaller houses on Wednesday nights. They do a lot of college campuses. They do a lot of small arenas that may max out at 5,000 or so. They're not selling a ton of tickets to their TV shows. I mean, that's just a fact, right? And then all of a sudden to say, oh, well, we're going to go do a stadium show. I think that probably caught a lot of people off guard thinking, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is going to be a total embarrassment. Was that the first thing that maybe came to your mind is that Tony Khan has officially lost his marbles? Why are you thinking about doing a stadium show? Yeah, pretty much. That's that's a big leap of faith, man. Like, you know, you're talking... You know, the German, when they played here in Ontario, it was at the, the Rico Coliseum, or Coca-Cola Center, it's called now. It used to be the Rico. It's at 5,000 people. It's an older stadium. That's minor league hockey plays there. Um, and then you're going to, to Wembley. Like, gee whiz, man. Like, well, was it you said that place holds 80,000 or 90,000 or something? So, like so the way wrestling is set up and the way concerts are set up, is that for there to be even some sense of a stage, right? Depends on how big you want to make the stage. You can still have a stage and still have wrestling, especially with your floor seats, and it would ca- it would cap out at about 90,000. Now, that's the whole damn place, yes. right? That's if you have basically a stage that is not going to be higher than what, like, the first level of seats would be. You know what I mean? Now, clearly, that's not going to be the case because they're going to have a stage, and it's probably going to be a pretty big damn stage because it's, once again, it's a visual, right? It's a spectacle. That's what wrestling is. Um, 90,000 is a lot. They would not get probably 90,000. Obviously, floor seats do make up for the seats that get covered up by the stage. Um, but, I mean, that's a lot. Like you said before coming from a situation where their largest prior one was, I want to say Arthur Ashe when they were doing Arthur Ashe uh, in New York. And I think that was like 20,000 they did. I mean, 20,000 was great when they did their Arthur Ashe stuff, right? It was great for AEW considering they were doing 5,000, you know, sometimes not even 5,000 for Dynamite. And now to go to Wembley. So what made you, what made you say, eh, I mean, was it more of, this is a dumb move in my opinion, or were you like, okay, this really doesn't factor in at all to me. Didn't factor into me. Uh, I thought it was a very bold move. I won't say dumb, definitely bold, but for him to think that they could pull that off. That's a lot of swagger. That's a lot of confidence. Right. And it, I guess I don't see stadium shows as that big of a deal. I get they are, yes, you get 60,000, 70,000, 50, whatever it would be. That's a boatload of people. It's just, to me, 
I was it wasn't what I was expecting. I guess to me that's why I was huh, okay. I was expecting a new signing uh, or uh, something. It's just oh, we're gonna have an event in Wembley. Oh, I'm not going. It's a little far for me. But you have so, to. You, but in the same conversation, though, you have to think. I mean, Brett Bulldog. I mean, that's probably the most iconic match. It, it one of the most iconic matches in in at least WWE history. Um, and they 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 played Wembley Stadium at that. That was ninety two SummerSlam. That was a big deal. And did you know that they have not had any wrestling since nineteen ninety two SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium? Yeah, I remember you said that to me before. So it's. I don't know. It's something's lost on me. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think it's it's very impressive because I heard the numbers today, and they've got over sixty thousand tickets sold. Apparently, yeah, that's a lot of butts and seats. It is yeah, that butts. I like but, that. But that's a, no seriously. All joking aside, that's that's impressive, and they still haven't announced anything. But there's no, no matches, no nothing. Nothing. So we're having an event. Cool. I'm buying seats. <laughs> That's pretty impressive in, in all reality. Yeah. Right. And I, I hope they have the great a great event. And they will. I'll be dumbfounded if they don't have a fantastic event. Right. Just it, I guess it wasn't what I was expecting. And so then I was like, huh, I was just a little bit disappointed. Then again, I I didn't have anything really that I was expecting either. Right. It just wasn't that. Well, and that's fair. And and not everybody's going to get juiced up for something like that. Um, let me maybe put it into a context that might be more relatable for you. What is a major stadium or venue that would hold that many people in Canada? Like, okay, okay. This is not going to be 90,000. I was just about to say Sky Dome. If they said we're going to play Sky Dome, mm-hmm. what do we think can hold with Sky Dome? How many for wrestling? Oh, you get 70 or 80, I'd imagine. Sky Dome is pretty big for Rogers Center. It's, it's a big place. Well, what when WWE had WrestleMania there? Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it over here. I'm going to see what, this, what it was for that. Um, it's got to be eighty thousand people. I bet you it'll hold. Yeah, let's see. Like here. That. Let me pull this up here. And once again, keep in mind, WWE's at, uh, ticket sales are always, you know, inflated. So Skydome, which happened March seventeenth, two thousand and two, uh, it was billed as the absolute best ever Hogan versus The Rock, which. I, you cannot agree. That was a great story that they told in the ring that night. Now, the whole driving the semi-truck and the hammer and the tools and all that jazz, I really wasn't into all that. Um, but it says that the attendance on that night was 68,237. Okay. Maybe they would have been better to do a Sky Dome, which a little smaller, a little bit more packed in. It could have looked even crazier, maybe. I don't know. So 68,237. That was WrestleMania 18. Let me see what WrestleMania 6 did. Where was that? I dome as well. How do you know all this stuff off the top of your head? You're like Rain Man. I just always uh I've just always watched wrestling and I'm obsessed with it. 
67,678. It was the ultimate challenge. Hogan versus the Warrior. So 67, 68,000 people. Um, would you go to Sky Dome if AEW did a uh, an event? And if, and if tickets were reasonable? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah, I would for sure. So let's go back to this whole big announcement here. So once again, this is Cage Side Seats. We've heard so much about AEW and this new potential show called Collision, which is supposedly going to be on Saturday nights. And the tentative plans for it is to be on TNT, which is kind of a big deal because they had moved the shows over to TBS. Uh, but that could change very, very soon the closer we get to the date. Now, Tony Khan has also said that, or alluded to, um, that CM Punk is going to be coming back and, and CM Punk has been referenced in promos recently and it could be a CM Punk announcement of him coming back. So it could be collision. It could be the return of CM Punk who is uh, they got the United center, which is going to be, I want to say on June 17th, that is supposed to be a big deal as far as I think they're referring to it, at least on social media. And if there was a source that said that this was officially released from AEW, I'd like to know who it is. The second coming. That's a little okay. ridiculous to whoa, use that whoa, phrase. Yes. Come on now. No, no. Trust me. That's that's when you're making references to the reason we're even on here. Everything. No, that's not a not a good idea. Don't want to piss well, off the boss. Look, I'm not a religious man. By no stretch, but that's a bit. Come on now. I agree. I mean, you're talking about Jesus and God here. Uh, not not smart. So that could be it. Now, because there's so many things that are going on right now, what else could it be? Well, it could be an update on the AEW ticket sales for Wembley Stadium. So there's three things so far they could talk about. But there's one other topic that a lot of wrestling fans are talking about nowadays, and that is what is the exact number going to be for the uh, Warner Discovery TV deal that AEW is about to sign. So what do we mean by all of this? So just for the average wrestling fan, you're probably saying to yourself, Mike, what the hell are you talking about? What happens is TV right deals, they come up every so many years, right? And when you have a contract that is coming up, what they do, the network, they look at uh, what your demographics are, right? You know that that number, the 18 to 35 demographic, the 0.39, 0.42, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, not just necessarily what the ratings were, because 800,000, 900,000, that doesn't matter as much as what that demographic is, because in the 18 to 39 or 18 to 35, whatever it is, that is considered the, the ideal, the sweet spot of your audience, and they're the ones who are the spenders on different products. So that's what you want to have really, really high. So a lot of people are speculating, what could this contract be? Could this be for, you know, $3 million? Could this be $5 million or $300 million? I'm sorry, $300 million. Well, could it be $3 million, really? $500 million. It could, could it, what it, could it be for? And there was really some, some crazy numbers that were getting thrown out, like a billion dollars for AEW's TV deal. And I don't think that's anywhere near correct. Um I would probably say the 300 million mark is probably what they would end up getting. Um, it could be more, could be more, could be less. So it really depends on what's going to be happening here. So what's going to happen is you're probably going to say, well, where does all this go down? 
Well, Warner Brothers Discovery uh, and AEW, obviously, are going to be having meetings that are going to be happening on May 17th um, at Madison Square Garden in the Hulu Theater. Now, PW Insider and others are saying they're going to get confirmation of what those numbers are going to be and confirmation on collision as well. Uh, Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer isn't reporting any years or amounts for the contract right now. They think that that's going to be kept close to the chest unless Tony or Warner Brothers Discovery decides to release that. Now, Meltzer also reiterated in his past report that WBD will officially have exclusive rights to all AEW products. Now, that means there will not be anything else on YouTube. Nothing else on YouTube as far as that. That's why you've most recently heard that AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, they're gone. They are no more. Um, however, it's interesting to note that Ring of Honor is not a part of this either. So Ring of Honor can definitely stay on YouTube, clips of it, whatever it may be. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery does not consider Ring of Honor to be under the umbrella of AEW, which in some ideas in my mind is kind of boggling because... It's a subsidiary of AEW. So wouldn't you just want to kind of bundle everything together? Like, wouldn't that make the most sense? But I guess it's it's definitely not. Um, Butster, so many things here. CM Punk, the announcement of him coming back, the ticket update for Wembley, uh, this Saturday Night Collision show. What do we what do we think Tony's big announcement is going to be? Do you think he's going to give a lot of juicy private stuff? Or probably keep pretty high level, just basic stuff that we all were already assuming. I'm going to guess it's going to be the Saturday show. It's a pure guess. I'm going to throw another one out there, though, if you don't mind. Throw it away. The Return of Miro. Maybe he's going to go somewhere with that. I, I don't know. I'm just, just throwing something different out there. Right, but if I were to guess what it's going to be, it'll be the Saturday show. Because let's be honest, if they have a big announcement, okay, we sold 65,000 seats to Wembley. Mm-hmm. Is that a big announcement? Is that gonna No, get because that, that information can be found anywhere. Yeah, so that's why I don't think that's the case. Um, Punk returning, I could see that being... A big announcement, and it would be. It would be a very big announcement. So, I don't I'm. Yeah, I'm going to say the Saturday show. I think that's what it's going to be. You could kind of twist it into two. Actually, you could kind of twist three announcements kind of into one, you know, because Miro made his first appearance on AEW in a very long time last week. You know, they're going to be bringing on a Saturday show, supposedly. CM Punk may be coming back. You know, you throw all that in together. You know, Punk is going to be, or or, sorry, Miro is going to be headlining our first Saturday show. Punk does a run-in. You get your instant feud there, two of them. I'm just, that's probably a stretch. I know that. I'm just throwing different ideas out here. It's definitely something to do with Saturday show. If it's anything other than that, I'll be dumbfounded. Yeah, I I don't know what he's going to say. I mean, do I think he's... We saw Miro and Thunder Rosa both both reappear on Dynamite Wednesday night. Yep. And I thought that was interesting. 
in the whole Thunder Rosa situation, I mean, you can have your own opinion on that. I mean, a lot of people have the opinion of, you know, she just didn't want to lose the championship. Um, maybe she wasn't willing to do business. Um, some people have allegedly said that she's been difficult to work with. Whatever the case may be, right? And then it was she needs to take time off for an injury. And then people really questioning how injured was she because she was doing all these appearances. Um and you were kind of really questioning, like, what is the reasoning behind this? And now she's gone on to say, oh, maybe I'm gonna, I might need surgery. But then all of a sudden she just reappears this past week on, on Dynamite. So it just like, well, where was all of this? Like, it's very confusing. And then you have Miro, on the other hand, who and a lot of people are like, oh, Tony Khan's not doing anything with Miro. What people don't understand is Miro has been pitched multiple ideas. And I've gotten this from multiple sources. He has shot down all of the ideas. He is not a fan of any of them. However, I guess most recently, Tony Khan sat down with him and met him again and said, hey, look, listen, this is what we're going to pitch for you. And I guess he finally accepted because he is back on TV. So it's going to be really interesting to see what, what happens here. And I'm wondering if Tony was intentionally trying to get as many big-name stars back for Collision because there is a substantial amount of people who do not want to work collision because they don't want to work with CM Punk. So they're probably thinking, well, yeah, we got Punk, but we're going to have to have people to go against Punk. And it can't just be a bunch of no-namers. You know, you're not going to put Fuego del Sol or you're not going to put, you know, Serpentico or Luther or whoever against him, right? You're going to need quality people that you can build stories around. So I'm wondering if Tony said, Hey, listen, this is the direction we're going in. You will be one of our featured prominent characters. What do you think about this? And then we'll kind of move on from your individual storylines. And I think that might've been his pitch. Uh, kind of what, what's your take on that? Do you think that could have been an incentive to get those two to finally turn around and say, yeah, we'll come back. It could definitely be. Um, it would make sense. I mean, I've read as well and spoke to people about what's going on with Miro while he wasn't on. And, yeah, there has been numerous things pitched to him. Thunder Rosa, that's just a mess. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I am so totally much. confused by her. I don't know. When you, when you hear that much, there's got to be a certain amount of truth to it. Oh, I agree. I'm not saying all of it is, but there's some truth to it. So, and which is unfortunate. She's great talent. Yeah, she's playing all these games. That's that's just no good. So, and I don't remember where I was going to go with that, Mike. To be quite honest with you, I had a bit of a brain fart there for a second. <laughs> You're, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. No, you stop it. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to kind of get your thoughts here. So, kind of circling back around when we talk about AEW and, and what the the deal could be, right, with Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, and, and numbers like 300 million are thrown around and, and maybe four, maybe 500 million. I still think that's incredibly high number for them, especially for their really their first TV rights renewal. So let's put this into perspective. 2017 WWE uh, went ahead and got a new agreement for $213 million. Now, this is obviously with the USA Network. 2018 renegotiated again, got $235 million. 2000, uh, 2019, uh, they jumped up to 314 million. 2020, 
Okay. Obviously, they signed a deal with Fox at that point in time. So it was a NBC Universal Fox. They ended up getting um, $514 million. And finally, in 2021, they ended up getting $542 million. Now, and I don't know the, the, the dates as far as like, is it how many years it's going to be? But the point is, I think it's a big deal. I think it's a really big deal. Um, and this is actually from the WWE investor site. I'm going to read this to you. The monetization of content is a fundamental element of a company's business model. The new agreement between USA and Fox Sports will provide a stable, hold on, a stable amount of revenue for WWE to create key content, including our US deals, including existing and new agreements. Um, exhibit one shows an approximately $300 million, $311 million dollars in 200 and or in 2019 um which then got bumped up to 314 million and then in 2019 originally 462 million which then got bumped up to uh 542 million dollars so when you think about it there is a lot of money to be made out there but they're not going to get wwe money i mean i'm not poo-pooing on anybody right I can be a negative Nancy till the sun goes down, until the cows come home, as the kids used to say. But you're not going to get WWE money for Tony Khan. Would you agree? I agree. Um, just a random question about that. So, AEW yeah. signs with Warner. Correct. So, But that'll be for all their shows, correct? That is correct. They will have exclusive rights to all the programming. So that means Dynamite, Rampage, and now this third show, Collision. Now, when WWE was signing with uh, USA or Fox... Correct. That wasn't to show Raw and SmackDown, was it? So, what happened was USA Network, which is owned by NBC Universal, wanted... The, so, Vince ended up splitting the two separate, right? So, USA Network wanted Raw, big time. So, he negotiated with they would get from NBC Universal, and then obviously Fox was separate because Fox was going to be wanting SmackDown. Yeah, so realistically, so WWE got like five hundred thousand or five hundred million, and then three hundred some. So they basically got eight hundred million. Am I am I doing this right here, or am I right off base? Um. Because there'll be two different deals. One deal for, for Raw, one deal for SmackDown, essentially. No? Essentially, you are correct on that. So, I mean, Once again, I'm that on their logic. investor's site, and I'm trying to make heads or tails of exactly all of this. Um, because it says, uh, sources say they've signed a multi-year media rights deal with USA and Fox Sports. So I'm trying to find out where the separation is, and it doesn't tell me. I mean, there's a lot of jargon in this, by the way. I can imagine. Uh, I don't know specifically. I'll look this up. I'll continue to look this up and find out how that would be separate. But um, I mean, and here's the funny thing: a lot of people don't get this, and they say, "Is a company being successful or not?" A company is successful based upon TV rights or streaming deals, right? That's a big deal for them. So even if they're not selling great amounts of tickets to things. If a streaming provider feels that they are worth X amount of dollars, they're 
infusing that money into that product because they believe that they're going to bring these viewers in. And then once these viewers are here, they're going to stick around to watch other programming. That's, that's the catch. How many people are you going to draw to my streaming service? And I mean, that's a lot of money, but I just don't see AEW getting anywhere near. So 2021, um, 462 million and then obviously 80 million is supposed to be still negotiated which could bring it to a total of 542 but in 2021 462 million is what the amount was so i don't when i say 300 million i mean i still think 300 million is a high amount i mean if we're we're comparing it to what wwe is getting right i think that's only a fair thing right who who's big dog getting how big a piece of the pie are they getting in what is Tony Khan getting? And value is in the eye of the beholder, right? Just like anything. Well, if you're going to get all of AEW shows, I could see 250 or 300. I think it's going to top out at that. I, I don't see oh, I agree completely. more than three. Like that's, that's high end. That's in like for who they are. Yeah, that's high end. Right. I definitely don't see it going any higher than that. But I could see it in there on that 250, 300. And, and, and good for Tony Khan uh, for getting this. I know Tony takes a lot of grief. He does. And I will honestly say, Tony, let's be honest, he does bring some stuff upon himself. Um, he does things he shouldn't do. Um, sometimes he goes on Twitter and goes off. I don't think that's a smart idea. Once again, in my opinion, if I owned a big company like this, I would want to put out the best possible image. Um, I would not want to be always saying certain stuff but once again that's that's him and not me but that's what we're looking at so big announcements uh could be very much the the biggest announcement they're saying in aew history um which i mean that's a big deal it's a really big deal getting a tv rights deal now the other thing that people are also talking about is that there could be a streaming part involved in this as well um so we're just going to have to wait and find out what do you think is going to be, Mike? The money or... No, no. what do you think the announcement is going to be? What do you envision it being? Um, well, it's not, going to be the, it's not going to be the contract signing. I don't think that's going to be it. I don't know. Because, once again, in the big picture, what do wrestling fans care about? Wrestling stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would probably say collision. I would say collision. But here's something. Let's, let's talk about this for a minute. That... Maybe I sound naive when I say this, but what surprises me is how much stuff gets leaked to the dirt sheets or how do these dirt sheet writers end up getting this information? Here, what I mean by this is from everything that I've heard about Tony Khan, very tight-lipped, does not say a whole lot, has a very small inner circle around him, no pun intended. The people that are around him, I guarantee they're not the type of people who are going to say stuff. Dean Malenko is not going to say boo. Arn Anderson's not going to say boo. Uh, Jerry Lynn's not going to say boo. These are people that I don't think are going to, they're, they're not that type of people. They're super, super professional people. So how does all this stuff get out? Like, well, the show's going to be called Collision. Okay. It's going to be two hours. It's going to be on TNT. Like, how does this stuff even get out? Um, TNT. Could be somebody from TNT leaking it. It could be. You're right. Could be somebody who maybe gets a couple bucks thrown their way to say, what have you heard? Good point. 
You never know. No, you're right. You're right. I never thought about it from that perspective. But um, could be the Chinese tapping emails and spreading the word to Uncle Dave. Good old Good Uncle Dave. Dave. I like Dave Meltzer and I love Brian Alvarez, and they get so much grief. Um, so as we're on the topic of AEW, before we move on right now, we have an update on the ticket sales for Wembley Stadium for AEW's second installment of All In. Now, what is actually accurate and what is speculated? And I know there's a lot of differences on what is actually speculated. Right now, following Tony Khan's confirmation that 60,000 fans bought tickets for the August 27th event, it was reported now that the stadium is set up to hold 74,000. So the stadium is set up right now to hold 74,000. So that means the stage will unfortunately block out a portion of the seats. So it looks like the stadium at this time is a max out at 74,000. Now, with that being said, a new update from WrestleTix, which you could follow them on Twitter. As of 10 p.m. Eastern Standard on Sunday, May 14th, there were 65,979 tickets that have been distributed and 61,346 are paid, which means there's only 8,046 tickets left. Now, according to Brandon Thurston, he reported that AEW is holding back about 15,000 seats for various reasons. Now, I don't know exactly what that is supposed to mean, uh, but this is what it says. Um, resale is actually a real deal. They have so many tickets that people are purchasing just to simply resell them as well. Uh, he says, I'm keeping track of all the floor seats as well. Um, WrestleNomics Radio reported that roughly 15,000 seats AEW is holding back for various reasons. Sometimes they're wanting um, for seats for other reasons, or they're waiting to see if ticket sales continue to increase what they could continue to squeeze in there. They haven't announced a single match yet. So let's just say right now these numbers are correct. Okay, let's play devil's advocate. 90,000, however, with the stage and all that, in the camera, hard camera, all that stuff, it's going to take up seats. So the max right now is 74. There's only 8,000, excuse me, 8,046 tickets available. You have to think that once they start announcing matches, it's going to rejuvenate people's interest, right? Like the, that original buzz, right? Oh my gosh, Wembley Stadium, let's buy tickets, let's buy tickets. And then that starts to come down, right? Oh, it's so far away. It's the end of summer, early, you know, go back into school for kids. And then all of a sudden they start announcing matches. All of a sudden there's a big surge in the ticket sales as well. Do you think if ticket sales are going well, Tony will continue to open up more seats and makes the staging smaller because to get more people in there? Or do you think at some point in time they'll announce it's sold out? That's the way it is. This is what our production's going to need, X, Y, and Z. Hold on one second. We're seemingly having some difficulty with uh, with Butts dial up here. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We we have technical so, difficulties. Butts are hold on. That does. All right, we 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 uh, we're losing connection with the Butster right now. There must be I don't know 
uh, caribou or something walking through his front yard. I have no idea. Or eight feet of snow. I'm not sure. Um, give me a second here. We'll, we'll make reconnection with the butter. Okay, it looks like the butter's back. There's no Where is that router in relation to where you're sitting? It's right Where's here. Where's the router? Well, the cord's too short. It's literally right here. It's two okay. feet from the All right. I take your word for it. I take your word for it. I take your every single time we have technical issues. Yeah, it's all dial up seems to be the, the reason. Yeah. No, I think it's you, be, but I just get blamed for it. You know what? You always wear a hat. You have a luscious head of hair, my friend. You Ooh, have good haircut. Man, your hair looks good. That beard is is spot on. I tell you what, man, you're a good looking man, if I can say that. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mike. And the beard looks, did you just get the beard trimmed up too? Yeah, the beard, yep. Just Dude, got it done. That looks that that looks really good. I'm 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 oh, being serious. I'm uh I was, that was due. I was starting to look kind of mountain manish. So. Kind of looking like the writ, kind of looking like he just lives in the wilderness outside. Well, better looking, but yeah. Oh, very much better looking than the writ. He looks, like he, was, he looks like he was raised by wolves. Um okay. No, anyway, get Max Tony Khan. Sorry for my dialogue. You're you're fine. So okay. Um, so do you, do you think oh, he, yeah. Put he up takes tickets. the stadium and, and just says it's a sellout, or do you think he still says no, we're gonna go all out with production? I'm I'm gonna keep selling seats. That's what I'm gonna do if I'm him. More seats, more seats. Go if you get that many seats, do the entrance that they used to do it in, in Puerto Rico. Just have them walk out of the tunnel like the baseball players did. Why not? Why not? A, it's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. And B, you could get an extra 15,000 tickets sold. That's a boatload of cash, Mike. It is. It's right? a lot. Even if they're you know, $100 tickets, which you know, that much hurt me more than that. Right. It's a lot of money. It is. And it's not just your ticket sales. It's your concession stands. It's your beer tent. It's all that stuff. Put the more seats in. If you got to do a smaller stage, yeah, I get it. You want to have a little more pop, but if you can make more money, that's your, your thing. We did Wembley, had 85,000 people at it, 90,000 people at it, something like that. Something to be said for that. That's something to hang your hat on. Bragging rights right there. Right. So that's what I would do. Because at the end of the day, it is a financial thing, it's a business. So if, if he were to, to cap himself at seventy four thousand, and go at the big stage and all that stuff, cool. I mean seventy four thousand is a boatload of people too. For AEW, yes. Right? Or you know, meet somewhere in the middle, maybe you know, cap it at eighty thousand. There's still a lot of people. You could still, uh, I assume, you could still do a a fair size stage and have your hard cam set up and all that stuff too. So you, you're kind of somewhere in the middle, but still, even if they do that, 80,000 people is a lot of people. It is. You're right. Right. So I'm excited. I hope they, I hope they do great. I'm fairly sure that I've lost our bet at this point. It's finally a bet that I've won. You're the one that didn't want to bet a shirt on it. Well, I still owe you shirts, so I'm still in the rears. So uh, it is what it is. I almost don't want the shirts because if I get them, I can't bring it up. Oh, you see, so you want you want something to hold over my head, is what you want? Yeah, 
I see that. I like that. Well, first of all, you've done already, and all kidding aside, people don't know this, but what the butt has done for me personally, uh, not only financially, but just helping my family out and all this kind of stuff, he's done tremendous stuff. So trust me, all this is just shtick back and forth. I mean, I am indebted to him for many lifetimes to come and uh, I truly appreciate it. But yes, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do something here because it's, uh, it's important for me to at least hold up some end of a bargain. Um, Don't be foolish. I want to talk Send me about an autograph picture and I'll put it in my album and we'll call it even an autograph picture of what, which superstar you No, no, that yep. is not a, no. And you autograph it, you ship it up. I'll put it in my in my album. It'll be I'll put it right next to to Moon Dogs, and it'll be great. We'll call it even. Wipe everything out. I'll have to I'll have to take that into consideration. All right. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about Impact Wrestling here. Um, we've talked about a lot of different things. When we talk about some of the stars that are in there, like right now, uh. Sammy Callahan believes that Trinity is going to blossom into a huge megastar in Impact Wrestling. Um, do you think that she's going to be around in Impact long enough to be, quote-unquote, a megastar, or do you think she's going to use this as a launching pad? I think she'll use it as a launching pad. That's that's my first reaction. You can also look at it another way. I mean, if they're going to give her a chance and she gets over and she becomes the face of the women's division there, and she's doing well for herself, and she can still do independence where she's making a little extra cash, autograph signing, so on and so forth. She might stay there. Maybe she wouldn't want to go back to to New York because she just doesn't want to be on the road 300 days. And There's got to be something said for a bit of a later schedule providing you're doing well for yourself. I would agree. I mean, I think there's a there's a clear trade off. You know, do I want to be on the road? No. Do am I willing to take less pay to have more home life, more freedom, to do what I want to do, to do outside projects, to just be home and not have the wear and tear? Yeah. So Absolutely. I, I could I could at the end of the day I'll be I'll be surprised if she doesn't go back to the WWE. Uh, just for family standpoint, I mean, her husband's there. So that's got to be something said for that, you know. Get to travel the road with your husband. I mean, well, if you're if you got to be on the road with somebody, just will be family, the one you supposedly love. Yeah, no, I agree. Right, I agree completely. But I think that's where she's going to end up at the end of the day. I do too. I I think she she is going to definitely end up there. Um. During a recent appearance on the True Heels BTR podcast, Sammy Callahan shared his thoughts on not only the women's division, but specifically Trinity. And he would go on to say, quote, Trinity has been successful in other places, a chance to really show what she's capable of and even more. The handcuffs are off with Impact Wrestling. I hate to use the term the sky is the limit, but here in Impact, it's 100% true. That is the limit. And getting a chance to have her on Impact Wrestling is huge for us. Now, later this week, uh, Trinity will make her in-ring debut for Impact as she takes on knockout tag team champion Kylan King in a singles match. Um, I think it's going to be interesting because when you look at Impact Wrestling, I think Impact Wrestling, as we've talked about before, has done a good job. And I think people use Impact Wrestling as a stepping stone, which 
to me is I, I think they understand that. I think Scott Demore understands that because a lot of people don't typically sign long-term deals with Impact Wrestling who are on the younger end of their career. If you look at the people who end up signing long-term deals with Impact, you know, Tommy Dreamer signed a long-term deal with Impact and Rhino and obviously Josh Alexander. And you've got a lot of people who just basically say, hey, look, I realize that my window of wrestling is short. Why am I going to just be continuing to tell these people uh, so many dates, so many dates, hoping that something else may happen when I could really just make a home here, stack my money, not live a crazy life, and just accept this is really this was where I was intended to be. And I think sometimes older, more experienced wrestlers understand that. But I think also that just comes with with time and experience. Would you would you agree? One hundred percent. Because if you're getting in, most people, I would assume, if you're getting into the wrestling business, where do you want to end up? What is your goal? Most likely, WWE. Hundred percent. That's where you want to get. You know, Rhino, Tommy, both made it to WWE. They had yep. very good careers for themselves there. Correct. They're on the tail end. They know it. I mean, Tommy had House of Hardcore. Unfortunately, I think that's defunct now, I guess. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, Rhino had some issues or whatnot. But, I mean, both still doing very well for himself. Still putting up good matches. And they know they're towards the tail end. And I think they're both in the uh, the mentor role right now. Tommy Damoshore is in the mentor role. Uh, I'm assuming Rhino is as well. Why wouldn't you be? They've both done so much in in the wrestling world. It's ridiculous. They've done damn near everything. So I, I think in, generally when you come in, you, you want to get to that WWE level. But at a certain point, you realize, I've been there. And now I'm on the, the downside, unfortunately. Or, you know what? It just wasn't in the cards for me. Such as a Josh Alexander. Who's, and I'm not taking nothing from him. I had it. Damn good career, right? Uh, Macklin, he was in WWE for a bit, not a real long. Maybe didn't get used the greatest, but nonetheless, he made it. And they're, they're settled in. The, the long-term people, generally, they're settled in. They know, hey, never quite worked out for me. This is the top of the heap for me, but I can still have a good career. I can still have a good life. I've had a good run. There's, there's no shame in it. So, I mean, the I'm not saying nothing bad, not intentionally anyhow. I apologize if I am. But it's just a, you know, generally when you get to, to impact, it's people that are trying to use this as your stepping stone to get up or to get back, or people generally on on the downside of the career and are just looking to make a little extra cash, add the wallet, add the retirement fund, you know, pay off some bills, whatever it would be. And you would hope help the younger talent as well. I would I would 100% agree to that. Right. So when we talk about Impact Wrestling, you know, there's there's definitely names that, that jump out. And Nick Aldis, who recently returned to Impact Wrestling, which I think is a big coup for them. That's a huge victory because when you look at somebody like a Nick Aldis, and we, we've said this before on other shows, he brings a certain pedigree. He brings experience. And he definitely has the drawing power because look what he 
did with the NWA. I mean, very few people really cared about the NWA before uh, he actually came to it. I mean, the NWA was was fledgling, and and I hate to say it in this way because I'm not trying to downplay what it is, but it's still it's 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 a struggling promotion. But um, upon his return to Impact Wrestling, Nick Aldis quickly set his sights on the company's top prize, which is the Impact World Championship. Um, he obviously is going to be looking to take on Steve Macklin. Now, on Thursday's episode of Impact Wrestling, Aldis laced up his boots to compete in his first singles match in Impact in six years, if you can believe that. There he battled Sheldon Dean as King sat behind the commentary desk. Now, he's going to be taking on Kenny King coming up here. Um, we haven't really talked about Kenny King a whole lot. Um, Kenny King is a guy who did a lot of stuff with Ring of Honor, and Jim Cornette is not a big fan of Kenny King. Then again, Jim Cornette's not a big fan of many people. Oh, by the way, with my new Twitter account, I can um, follow Jim Cornette or tweet at Jim Cornette again. We'll see what happens on that one. Um, but uh, I think that that I think that Macklin and Aldis are going to have an all-out. Just great match if it ends up coming to that. Now, keep in mind, Macklin's going to be taking on PCO uh, in a no-holds-barred, I think no-rules, no-disqualification match that's going to be happening at Under Siege, which is the next pay-per-view that's going to be coming up. It's going to be taking place in London, Ontario, Canada. So that's where the big pay-per-view event is going to be happening. You think ultimately, you know, this whole Steve Macklin thing, which is a great story, obviously being able to step in in the role where Josh Alexander goes down. Do you think Macklin ends up dropping the title after Macklin, I would assume, is going to retain against PCO, would then go on to eventually have a feud and then drop the title? Or do you think that they're going to stick with Macklin and maybe have Aldis do this chase for the title thing? I hope um, Aldis does the chase then. Um, if he wins it, that's that's fine as well. But I don't want it to be. He comes in his first match against Macklin and he wins. Right. I don't know, that that doesn't do Macklin justice. Kind of makes no, him look weak, honestly. In all reality, hey, look at me. I'm back first time in six years, and I just beat your champion. Doesn't really do him a lick of good. So I don't think that's the route they go. I hope it isn't the route they go. To have a, a legit feud where he's chasing Macklin, Macklin gets some wins over him, and he eventually wins, that I'm, I'm cool with. So, okay, I'm going to draw some parallels here. I'm going to draw some parallels, and I, I think you may know where I'm going to go with this. So Macklin comes back for the first time in six years. Aldous. Or Aldous, I'm sorry. Aldous comes back for the first time in six years. So you're saying don't give him the championship right away, even though there's a lot of buzz around him. Obviously, you're going to have to have him chase it, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do in a situation where you have a guy who clearly, from a money-grossing standpoint, ticket sales, merch, all that kind of stuff, who you know you want to get him to be the champion? How long do you stretch something out before you officially put the championship on him? Do you just keep going? As long as this is hot and he don't have it, let's just keep going until we feel like we're getting towards the end of it, and then we need to obviously make that big jump? Or do you? how do you work all that, in your opinion? Well, you generally want to try to ride it to, to get the most out of it, the most financially out of it. 
make your money, and yeah, when it maybe it starts to, to taper off a bit, you know, then you do the, your title change because as soon as you do that, he just lit it up again. Now he's, you know, yeah, he was, he was, you know, 10 feet high. It started to come down a little bit, but as soon as you throw it, have him go over, it's 10 feet high again. Right, so yeah, you, you have that little bit of a dip, but it just makes it seem more relevant. Instead of giving it to him right, right. away. Because if he just walks in, like, yeah, I'm champion again, then like, well, what do you, then what do you do with Macklin at this point? Well, you, so you, he took you over from Josh Alexander, and, and, and all this comes back, and he, he beats him right off the hop. So Macklin's not worth a damn. And I'm not saying he isn't. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But if that's the route you go, then it shows that Macklin's really not worth a damn. So do you say that that may be a reason if we want to draw parallels to Cody and to Roman? Here's Cody coming in. He's back from being gone from WWE for, what, three, four years. And a lot of people were saying, well, look, if you just literally let him walk back into the company, he's number three. 30 in the Royal Rumble, he wins the Royal Rumble, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's right in the WrestleMania main event. It basically devalues Roman in some way. Would you agree with that? No, because uh, the Cody situation didn't pan out the way they planned on it. No, he came back and got hurt right away. So that kind of set everything back a little bit there so and then you know you're you're hyping him up and you have him on tv like 90 steady you know doing the whole played it to death the whole dusty thing right so no i would say that's a little bit different no i, I think cody probably should have went over because you also got to realize roman's been champion for three years macklin not so much I, I guess the other thing I would argue is, though, when it comes to Roman Reigns, is that, okay, let's say you put Cody over Roman, and I know we're, we're completely jumping back and forth here, but you have Cody go over Roman, right? And it's like, well, yeah, Cody did have the, he had the comeback, right? When he came back to WWE at that, the prior year's WrestleMania, had the four or five matches with Seth Rollins, and then obviously he gets injured. And then even he's injured, he's coming in still doing Hell in a Cell, which gives him a, a lot of uh, favorability with the wrestling fans, is you know really gritting it out. But then he leaves. But it's not like you brought him back and he had to regrind again. It's like you almost just hit the pause button, and the second he comes back in, he just continues where he left off, as if nothing had really slowed him down. And I think that's the part where I can now get on board with not giving him the championship at Mania because what did he do? Yeah, I mean, he had those great matches with Seth, but that was 10 months before he came back again. You were basically just opening the front door for him, and I think maybe in the eyes of the WWE, uh, we're giving this guy way too easy road to the championship, and all of a sudden we're just going to dismiss the guy who's been champion for nearly three years. Like, you just want to make somebody feel like they've earned where they're at. They earned something. They went through all of these trials and tribulations. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to show now. 
is Cody's going through all these things to eventually get to the point where he's in a different place when he does eventually take Roman on again. But once again, I'm just trying to draw these different parallels between um, Nick Aldis. And I, I agree with you. You don't want to bring Nick Aldis in immediately because then you're basically shitting on Steve Macklin. And Macklin's the guy who is amazing right now. And he's really carried the torch since Josh has gone down. So you don't want to, you don't want to do that because once again, let's say obviously you put the belt on Aldis, Macklin's still damn good. So you don't want to crucify Macklin in the process because by the time they end up running this storyline, Josh will be on his way back. So it's like, what would be a better way to have Josh come back than take on Steve Macklin? But Macklin hasn't dropped his stock too much because it was a really good feud he had. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, no. That, that part makes sense. Just out of curiosity, when's Josh coming back, do you know? Right now, I don't know if there's a timetable for Josh. Um, I can pull some information up I have here. And give me a second. Okay, Josh Alexander relinquished the Impact World Championship due to a tricep tear. He suffered um, in March. He had surgery on March the 24th. And I don't know if it says how long he's supposed to be out. Let me see here. Well, that wasn't that long ago. So he's going to be a bit yet. It's still going to be a while. If he, had, if he had surgery on the 24th of March... Let's see how long if it says that he's going to be out for. So he relinquished a championship, and obviously Steve Macklin became the champion on April 16th. Or, and I'm sorry, he uh, at the Rebellion pay-per-view on April 16th, and Macklin would, would face Kushida in a finals to name who is going to be the current Impact World Champion. Uh, let me see here if it says. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say how long he would be out. So let me also look up and let me see if I can find. What are you looking for? Just uh, the recovery for from a torn tricep. How long did it really take? It says recover from a torn tricep tendon uh, can take. Several months, you'll likely um, need to wear a splint or a sling for a couple of weeks. You'll also be placed in a movable brace for about four more weeks. Um, it depends on if surgery is needed. So it's not really giving me a whole hell of a lot here. It says it can be up to six months with a torn tricep. Could be up to six months. So That's quite a while. That is a long while. I mean, if, if surgery was on, what, March 24th? What does that take us out to? September. It's a while. Six months. That's wild. It's, it's too wild. bad too because Josh is fantastic. Josh it is seemed like he was really starting to get over like big. And, you know. He was finally getting that moment where I really feel like he was getting more recognition <laughs> because Impact doesn't really get a ton of recognition, but I feel like Josh was finally getting the kudos he deserved. Um, and to, to see that obviously happen, it, it really stinks. 
Let's talk a little bit more about the Under Siege pay-per-view, which will be taking place Friday, May the 26th in London, Ontario, Canada. Now, uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, uh, who are the champions, will take on Subculture, which is Mark Andrews and Morgan Webster. Uh, the tag team match will be for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. Um Nick Aldis will be taking on Kenny King in a singles match. Trinity has an open challenge match for somebody that's to be determined. Uh, the Design, which is Angels, Diener, and Khan, will be taking on Sammy Callahan, Rich Swan, and somebody to be named, a mystery uh, partner in a six-man tag. Alex Shelley versus Eddie Edwards versus Frankie Kazarian versus Jonathan Gresham versus Moose um, versus, and I, I'm going to mispronounce this, um, Imora in a six-way match to determine the number one contender for the world title. Trey Miguel, who is fantastic, is the X Division champion, will be taking on longtime tag team wrestler Chris Sabin. Deanna Peraza, who is the current champion, will be taking on Jordan Grace. And this is the last chance for the Knockouts world champion. If Grace loses, she can no longer challenge for the title as long as Deanna Peraza is the current champion. And finally, in your main event, Steve Macklin takes on PCO in a no disqualification match for the Impact World Championship. So it sounds like they got a really good card right here. So Alex Shelley, Eddie Edwards, Frankie Gazarian, Jonathan Gresham, Moose, all going to be competing for the um, multiple, is the six man to uh, six way match, I should say, to find out who the number one contender is. When it comes to some of those guys, I mean, those are big names right there. Who do you think stands out to you in your opinion on who may end up becoming a number one contender? It'd probably be Moose. If I, if I were to guess, that's who I think it'll be. I mean, big, strong man, good look. He had a feud with uh, Tommy not long ago, actually, Tommy Dreamer. He can wrestle. I think he used to be a football player at one time, played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who I think it'll be. Callahan would be fun too, but Callahan's look, he pretty uh he's a nasty unit. That man is violent. So I don't know if necessarily he would be the one. It'd be a lot of fun though. Right? But I'm gonna go with Moose's would be my number one pick. How about you? I like the concept of of Moose. I really do. Um I keep thinking Jonathan Gresham as well. I mean, Jonathan Gresham was a former Ring of Honor world champion. Um, There's a lot of, I don't want to say baggage that follows Jonathan Gresham, but there's a lot of stuff that uh, when you think of Jonathan Gresham, not only you think of a great wrestler, right? But I mean, things didn't work out in AEW and they didn't work out for a specific reason. And I think that he might have had some difficulty being a team player. This is my opinion. I could be completely way off base. I don't know. Do I think Alex Shelley would would be a world champion? Uh, Not at this stage, no. Do I think Eddie Edwards would be? Eddie just got out of a feud with PCO. I don't think he would be. Frankie Gazarian, I feel like, is the guy who's going to be kind of the ring general in this whole thing. Um. So I, I really, I really don't know, but I think Moose would be a good option right there. So... I'd like to see it be Frankie. Uh, purely because I like Frankie as a wrestler. Right. But the right choice, I think, would be Moose. 
So we'll see what happens uh, when it comes to this. It's, it's going to look like it's a pretty good event right now. Um, as I mentioned before, it is under siege. It is the Impact Wrestling big pay-per-view. It's actually the third annual under siege, which is uh, by Impact Wrestling. It takes place on May the 26th, 2023, from the Western Fair District Argaplex in London, Ontario, Canada. Um, it will also air on Impact Plus and on YouTube. It'll be the third event in the Under Siege trilogy. So once again, it'll be taking place at the Western Fair District Argaplex in London, Ontario, Canada. Um, Jordan Grace has been making some news as well with Impact Wrestling. She's doing some... Uh, uh, what is that website where people end up doing some scantily clad stuff? It's... Um, OnlyFans. Is that OnlyFans? Yeah, I think it is OnlyFans. Let me pull up this article here. I could be wrong. Uh, this is coming from Ringside News. Uh, Jordan Grace, Jordan Grace's pink underwear video dazzles her fans. Jordan Grace has worked hard to establish herself as a top female pro wrestler in the wrestling world. She's also done a lot to become one of the most respected female wrestlers right now, and fans love her just for that exact reason. Now it appears fans are happy about something else. Quite a few fans have seen Jordan Grace as a beacon of inspiration when it comes to women's wrestling, her unwavering commitment in physical fitness, and her dedication to being in the gym. However, with that being said, she has taken Instagram and uploaded videos of herself, caught attention of fans in a big way. So I guess it was Instagram. Jordan Grace has been seen wearing a black t-shirt in pink underwear. She gave fans something to be happy about. Surprisingly, her fans really loved what they got to see. Now, I'm going to pause here because I've said this before, and I, I legitimately mean this. I don't think it's a good idea for women to do the OnlyFans aspect or to do the scantily clad pictures, whether it's Instagram or not. I'm not a fan of it because I feel like, you know how when fans respond to cheap heat in wrestling, I feel like it's almost in that same category. Like, why are you doing this? I mean, obviously there's a the monetary aspect to it, right? But I also feel like, I don't know. I just don't like that idea of like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to sexualize things just to get more eyeballs, more attention onto me. I guess somebody could say, you know, you got a body like that to each their own, but I just, I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm just, and I know there's other wrestlers who do only fans and, and they make good money on it too. I just don't think it looks good. What, what's, what's your take on that? To each their own. If you, if you want to do it, and you're comfortable doing Hey, if somebody's willing to send me money, I'll send you some pictures. <laughs> Pretty sure I'm not going to get any phone calls. I don't get no emails. But, no, I'll, I'll serious. Hey, if, if you want to, and you got a chance to make a buck, you know, and you're an attractive person, or even if you're not an attractive person, so you're just going to pay you, get paid. Right? We all could use more cash. Just the way it is, whether it's to for your day-to-day -day bills or to score a little bit away for retirement or to put towards buying a house or some damn thing. I don't think it I don't think it makes somebody I don't think it gives you the, the cheap heat or however you want to put it. I, I don't have an issue with that. It's it's your choice. It's it's your body, you know. You're, Oh, you're not hurting nobody. You're not hurting nothing. 
So no, you're right. I it. just I just feel like there's so much over sexualization when it comes to certain things. It's like enough of it already. But once again, the platform's out there, and people are going to do what they want. Especially like you said before, when it comes to making a buck. But I mean, you've put on TV. So if we weren't doing this tonight, so you're sitting on the couch, you're watching the idiot box, whatever you got on. There's not going to be a certain amount of sexualization to it. Like I don't care if you're watching. I don't know, like um, NCIS or something like that. Any show you put on, there's a certain amount to it, just the way it is. And you got to think with wrestling, the talents are out there generally in not a lot of clothes. You know, so are we going to make the talent all wear baggy clothes so we don't over-sexualize them? Like, I don't know. If you see somebody like um, John Cena, good-looking dude, great shape, right? So should he have to put on a T-shirt so we're not sexualizing him? Uh, I don't know, Mike. I, yeah. I don't have a big issue with that. Now, if it if it's you know even you know if they want to do like adult movies, hey, it's, it's up to you. It's your body. It's your fill your boots. I I guess my big thing is or that other parts with 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 John Cena and whoever what whoever has a great body in wrestling. You don't see the guys doing those same exact things. But Shawn Michaels did Playgirl. He did. And there was a lot of pushback on that. A lot of blowback. So Mandy Rose did. Um, is it Mandy Rose? I think she did uh, OnlyFans stuff as well, yeah. Yeah. Or she and, she did her own website, I think, at that one point, yeah. and it was pretty it was pretty provocative. Trust me, I, I saw some of the stuff that leaked. Whoa. Yeah. Nineteen ninety-five, um, eh, Mike. What's that? Nineteen ninety-five, hey. Nineteen ninety-five, yeah. Yeah. What a costume! You're terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's talk about somebody who has not been seen on, on wrestling uh, recently, and that is one Bray Wyatt. Uh, according to Ringside News, Bray Wyatt's WWE future is in question again as he continues to be on a hiatus. Um, a lot of people have wondered what was going on with him. Specifically, people thought that he would be drafted in the 2023 draft pool, but that didn't seem to be the case. And there isn't any signs that he'll be heading back to a WWE ring anytime soon. Again, according to Ringside News, um, they reached out to confirm Bray Wyatt's current status and were given very disappointing update at this time. Wyatt is still not clear to compete. Now, many fans have known that Wyatt has been dealing with a specific unknown illness. It's currently unknown when he will officially be back on television. He hasn't been seen since prior to WrestleMania against his match with Bobby Lashley for WrestleMania actually ended up getting scrapped. WWE reported to have plans for Uncle Howdy and Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania as well, but those were obviously scrapped. Bobby Lashley went on to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which was a consolation prize through the eyes of many in WWE. Bray Wyatt was allegedly spotted in Burbank, California the weekend of WrestleMania. He was seen with his wife and some friends as well um so let's talk about this he's seen out in burbank california i'm looking at the picture right now he looks like he's in good spirits evidently he's dealing with some type of illness um he's on what they call a medical hiatus right now and he is not officially cleared 
to compete. We we mentioned this before, and, and we weren't exactly sure what would happen with Bray Wyatt. Do you think that they still have a way of, of pulling this out of the gutter and really turning Bray back into something special? Or do you think time too much time has passed and the Bray Wyatt ship has officially sailed? Good question. You you can salvage it. It's going to take a lot of work, though. Like this, the most recent thing they had going with him with L.A. Knight that wasn't over. That was going nowhere. That was dog shit. Pretty much ever since he's came back, since Triple H brought him back, it has not worked. Nobody's looking forward to seeing him wrestle, or I shouldn't. Nobody. That's that's strong to say. Uh, most people are not looking forward to seeing him wrestle. He, he's not nearly as popular as he was. Uh, not nearly as entertaining. It didn't have the same feel. Maybe part of it's because he has stuff going on, underlying illnesses or whatever or not. So maybe that's why he's not performing like we're used to. You don't know. But correct me if I'm wrong, but when... um. Mr. Brody Lee passed away. Did Bray not... Wasn't he going through some mental health issues at that point? Uh, that's a great question. Or was that just a rumor? I, I don't remember. But I remember reading it. I don't no. know if he ever come out and said, this is what's going on or not. Are you saying because of the passing of Brody Lee that he went through some yes. stuff? Or just in general? No, it was, it was because of the passing of Brody Lee. Now, I don't know if that made it worse or not, but that was the catalyst for it from as best as I remember. I'm not trying to start a rumor by no stretch of the imagination. Right. I'm just going off memory and well, that's probably a little dangerous for me every once in a while. Um that's a great qu question. I don't know. I don't I had never heard something like that. Um find here. but According to Wrestling Observer, Bray Wyatt opened up on um, the impact Brody Lee's passing had on him. Wyatt was a guest on the episode of Out of, Out of Character, which was released during the conversation. Wyatt spoke about having lost multiple friends in recent years and the difficulty he had with dealing with Brody's death. Let me see if I can pull this up and see if I can get a couple of quotes here. Um, Bray Wyatt says, let's see here. Ray Wyatt says that reminder of Brody Lee is with him every single day. And this was January 27th of this year. So let me see if I can find a good quote here. Um, there was so much going on. Um, it was out of nowhere regarding his passing. I wasn't prepared for any of that. I lost my child best friend. I lost Brody. I lost my best friend from college, he would go on to say. It was something that I just didn't deal with very well. I think Brody's wife, Amanda, dealt with it, and the kids dealt with it much better than Rowan and I did. There's something there that reminds me of him every single day that happens. The time period was such a conundrum for me. I wasn't myself, and it took me a while to kind of remember what makes me me. It was a long journey, but it's led me to this moment where I am, and I feel like I've gotten better. Um... So, Wyatt would also go ahead and talk about the Uncle Howdy situation, but that's obviously not pertinent to this conversation. But, um, yeah, it seems like he was, you're, you're correct, he was dealing with some some struggles. And obviously, you know, if he's lost some people before in his life, then 
this is just icing on top of the cake. I mean, it's a that's a tough gig for people. No matter what age you are, losing somebody is is never an easy thing to handle. And no, not at all. No, no. So it, it does seem like he has been dealing with some stuff. Whatever this illness is, I think is interesting. Um, I hope that obviously he's going to be okay. That's the most important thing. It, you know, we often focus on wrestling. When is this person getting back? Or when are we going to see them again? Well, you know what? At the end of the day, to hell with that. The most important thing is that they're okay as a human being. And we put our selfish wants and desires from being a wrestling fan to the side. But I think Bray Wyatt's a great wrestler. I think he, he's got a great personality. I think that when they originally had him and the Wyatt family in NXT, and then they brought him up. And remember, that's when NXT was friggin' white hot. They brought the Wyatt family up, and that got over so well. And their feuds with the Shield. And then obviously he broke off, and he started doing his own thing. And then this whole fiend thing happened, and I think there was a moment when the fiend thing was white hot. But you even said it earlier in the show, everything runs its course, right? The bloodline ran its course. The fiend situation ran its course. So now you're kind of at this crossroads where you're like, okay, well, we can't go back to Bray Wyatt, the swamp man. Obviously, the fiend is done. you know. And I think they're, they were trying to see, well... Let's throw Alexa Bliss back out there. Let's see if the Firefly Flunhouse was still something. Let's see if there's anything left in this that we can ring out one more time. And the answer was not really. The Uncle Howdy thing didn't get over very well. I mean, they had the Mountain Dew match, but other than that, that wasn't very exciting. And now you have Bray Wyatt, who's now not medically cleared to come back. But even if he did come back, you're going to have to hit the reset button completely on Bray. So do you continue to invest in someone like that? Or do you just say, we don't know what to do with you? Yeah, I think they're kind of lost right now. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think they have a direction for him. And it's not that Bray's not a talent. I mean, Bray's amazing. I think we can both agree on that. He's a damn good wrestler. It's just he's just kind of lost right now. Like, what do we do with them? Because nothing's really worked for the last quite a while. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason he got released. Right? It's because it just wasn't working. So, I don't know. I'd like to see him come back, be well, first off, first and foremost. Whatever ailment he has, whatever his illness is, get that sorted out. Get good, get good with life again. And if we happen to see him back in the ring doing great things, that's pure bonus. It is possible for him to get back into the ring and and get back to putting off great matches. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. It's just, it's just not there right now or something not working. And also, it's part of a creative. Like is, is creative just lost on They don't know what to do. It could be. Maybe his heart's not in it. Maybe he's having trouble because he's got his whatever his mystery illnesses. Maybe it's all of it. I think it's. I think it's like you said. It's a mixture of everything. And I think that. Think about it from this perspective. You're trying to handle the everyday ins and outs of the storylines. Let's say you're Paul Levesque. 
You're trying to handle all this. Now you're trying to handle an infusion of 18 people from NXT. You're working diligently um, with everything that's going on with the LWO. You're working really hard with Judgment Day. I think that's that's something that's a big priority for them right now. Rhea Ripley now has become a big priority right now. There's so many things that are going on right now to then all of a sudden say, well, how do we work Bray into the fold? Um, I, I really don't know. I mean, do you go back to the Swamp Guy just because that's what you know him to be? Um, maybe. Because I don't necessarily know what you can make him to be after he's been this creepy guy, this supernatural guy. How do you make him just a regular Joe Blow? Like, I don't think you can. I think you're kind of stuck with putting him in some for, form of weirdness category with his character. I mean, what's your thoughts? What about you just brought him up? You throw him in with Judgment Day. Could kind of work. They got that little bit of a creepy, gothy... Something different kind of faction. He comes in. He doesn't need to run the faction. Right? He could, he could be a strong member of it. So he becomes They're your plus doing one. Good thing, basically. Yeah. But no. But if it if it gets him back on track, right, it's well worth it. I mean, I can't disagree with you on that. Right. That's just that's the thing because they've got him for a couple more years. I'm pretty sure his contract was when Triple H brought him back. So, yeah, you can just say, hey, it didn't work. Let him go. Yep, makes sense. It's happened before. They did it before. Yeah. Or do you not give it one more try? Because he's proven that he can be an important part of your roster. Very popular. People love him. So, I, I don't know. That just popped in my head when you said them. So, I haven't really put any thought into it until literally right now. It could make sense. He can play that kind of creepy role, you know. They have the little bit of a gang, little bit of a gothic type of thing going on. I could see it working. I mean, hell, not like you're doing anything else with him right now, so it's worth a try. Got to try something at that point in time. Um, moving on, speaking of situations with what do you really do this is not really a situation of what does wwe do it's what the wwe superstar does we got an update on randy orton right now um as many people know randy orton has been out with back injuries and uh neck issues as well he hasn't been around for quite some time we haven't really been given a update as far as randy's health or an update on when he could return or what exactly is plaguing him we've just been given some very broad brush strokes of what's happening well, Randy Orton's father, Cowboy Bob Orton, gave a little insight a couple of days ago on what is happening with Randy. He would go on to say, and I quote, he's training well right now from everything I see, but I don't really know. This is according to Ringside News. He feels like he can come back. I think he might, but again, he's pretty well taken care of. I don't think he needs to come back. And I think the doctors have told him not to come back. But Randy will do what Randy wants to do. Um, once again, this is Cowboy Bob Orton, WWE Hall of Famer. He discussed his son's uh, situation with Bill Apter on Sports Kita. And Orton had uh, fusion surgery on his neck back in November. So I, I just, I don't know. This is another situation of 
does the wrestler listen to the doctors? Does the wrestler go against the doctors? I mean, think about it. Edge retired for eight years, and when he gave his final speech uh, the night after WrestleMania, when he retained the championship, he basically said, the doctor said that, you know, I have spinal stenosis and, you know, I could become paralyzed X, Y, and Z. He was gone for so many years and he was cured or it's better. Um, obviously, Kurt Angle had situation with his neck. WWE didn't really want to clear him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he ends up going to TNA. Eventually, he comes back to WWE. He gets cleared. My point, though, is is that it seems like there's always these situations. Brian Danielson, obviously, he had concussions, though. When wrestlers are told that they can't compete anymore or the doctors say they shouldn't, I feel like yet they always still find a way to come back after taking an amount of time off. When we talk about Randy Orton, obviously, let's just take into consideration he is financially stable. Is it important for WWE to have Randy Orton back, or do you think WWE is okay if Randy doesn't come back? Oh, they'll still move on if he doesn't come back. But man, when he's around, he helps a lot. He's popular. People yeah. love him. He's damn good. Always puts off good matches. He's whenever he's on TV, it's relevant. It's not just filler matches and fooey. You know, I'd like to see him come back. But ultimately, I mean, if the doctor says don't because you're too banged up, don't. Just let it go. Just don't let it go. If, like happened with Edge and, and Brian Danielson, you know, years down the road, they, you don't know, they might have a new procedure. You might just be healed up or... You know, different research has proven that what we thought five, six years ago wasn't correct. Whatever, and he can make another go out of it. Fill your boots. Go for it. But I I wouldn't want to see him come back if the doctor's saying don't. Doctors are generally pretty smart people. I would agree. For the most part. They've gone to school for a boatload of years, and they know lots of stuff. They... Usually, if a doctor tells you you shouldn't do something, you should probably listen to the doctor. Right. That's that's always my take on that. So, I mean, if they said not to, I hope he doesn't. I hope he gets a send-off of some sort. Like I hope he doesn't just announce his retirement on Instagram or Twitter or something like that. Like, I hope there is some kind of a event for it, because he deserves it. He's been fantastic talent for a very long time now. He's got to be around for 20 years. I would think, or close to it, I bet. Let me pull up this information here. I want to say he came in gosh, 2002? That's over 21 years. That's a long career. 21 years with WWE, and he wrestled a lot of matches. Uh, a little while ago. Well, let's see. I'm trying to look here. When did he... 
don't know why I can't find this. Well, okay, it says he debuted in Ohio Valley Wrestling in March 18th of 2000. And I want to say shortly after that, he did officially end up getting brought up. So 2001-ish, um, I would say that's when we're kind of looking at when he officially came into WWE. Uh, training in early years, Orton made his wrestling debut in 2000 at Mid-Missouri Wrestling Association, Southern Illinois Conference Wrestling. Um, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Then he was in Ohio Valley Wrestling from 2000 to 2002. Okay, in 2002 is when he came up. And then, uh, yes, he made his first appearance at WrestleMania 18 Fan Fest. Um, and then he was eventually defeated by Tommy Dreamer in his first televised match. And then he beat Hardcore Holly on April 25th, 2002. And then eventually they ended up uh, creating Evolution. So, so yeah, he's been with the company a long time. And, I mean, obviously he's a Hall of Famer. I think we, we can't argue that. No. But I'm just wondering. I don't know. I don't know. I hope, I hope he makes the right decision. And I, I mean not the decision of his career, but his family and what's best for Randy as a person. You know what I mean? You don't want to see him come, or I don't want to see him come back. If he's not clear, the doctor says don't come back. I don't want to see him come back, hurt himself, end up like draws in a wheelchair or something, or have, or not even that extreme, but still be all beat up to where he's got no quality of life anymore. That's that's no good. Just. You've done well. You've had your run. You've got 21 years around. You know, you're beat up. Your body's not doing well. We're going to retire you. Come out. You make your announcement. You do your your thing. You get your standing ovation. You're retired. Do it that way as opposed to come back and risk it one more time and then hurt himself. Something major. I just... That's, that's not the image you want in your head. That's not what, or not the image I want in my head anyhow. And I know you're pretty good. I know you don't want to see something like that happen to somebody. It's really bad. No, not at all. So, uh, I would sooner he just retired. If the doctor's saying retire, retire. Be done. Enjoy life. He's a married man. He's got a couple kids. No. But let's look after that stuff. Um, speaking of people who are either semi-retired, retired, or soon will be retired, let's talk a little bit about John Cena. John Cena recently gave an interview and was on Busted Open Radio, and he was very candid about his wrestling career and, and what's left for him. He said in a quote, I wish I was there, meaning WWE, every day. It's just my body can't do it anymore. I don't want to give the customer a bad product. Recognizing the wisdom he got passed down by a lot of veterans, Cena acknowledged the dedication that other legends like Eddie Guerrero, who would risk it all for fans to give them a top-notch experience when watching him. He would go on to say, I don't care how I feel. I don't care how I feel physically. I don't care how banged up I am mentally. When I'm on, they paid good money to see me. I'm going to go out there and give everything I can, sometimes even when it's not there. Uh, he would go also go on to reflect on his WrestleMania 39 match where he was very humble when he said, I'm at a point where everything 
I'm at a point where everything I have in comparison to the bar has seen has been reached. Uh, what you see at WrestleMania 39 is what I have to offer. Um, sports entertainment has raised the bar for me. I'm humbled to say that. It's awesome because you're supposed to leave a place better than where you found it. I can't find the exact quote here, but I do know Cena also mentioned that all he knows is pain these days. Um, he, he says he's definitely feeling the pain. So, I mean, I don't blame John Cena, but let's let's think about this here. If John Cena is feeling the pain, holy shit, what do you think the guys in the 70s and the 80s and even in the 90s, especially the Attitude Era, are feeling it? Because God, they got beat to hell. I mean... Not to say Cena didn't take chair shots and Cena didn't do these things, but I mean, by the time Cena was there, do you think it was as violent? For the first bit, it was for sure. Towards the tail end, no. We're, society had gotten much smarter at that point. Right, so, and Mike, you're muted, just so you know. I have technical difficulties. Did, wh- how much did you hear of that before my mic went to hell? Nothing was great. You pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> you you had mentioned before that obviously in during the area he was in, obviously he did a lot of more of the character gimme uh, gimmicky type of stuff. You know the whole hustle, loyalty, respect thing. But he was in the ruthless aggression area when he first was coming in, and obviously it was a little violent. But I mean, it wasn't as crazy as what we had seen in the Attitude Era. I mean, and it definitely wasn't you know what we saw, you know, in the eighties when when things were violent as well, especially with chair shots and whatnot. So if he's feeling pain, man, a lot of other guys got to be feeling a hell of a lot worse. Because yeah. you gotta you gotta think, guys. One time, not even that long ago. Mike were, would be afraid to say, hey, um, I can't wrestle tonight. I'm hurt. Because they know, all right, fine. And we won't book you for a month. Uh, it's a little bit different now than that. And we understand a lot more, too. Like the unprotected chair shots, those are few and far between. But if you look back not that long ago, unprotected chair shots, was that was Monday night. You expected somebody to eat a chair to the head, right? Or, no, mankind. If anybody should be in pain, can you fathom how beat up that man is? Mick Foley, he's got to be in a bad way. He has to be. Just you don't care how tough you are. If you put yourself through that, you're in a bad way at this point. So it's it's, it's just a little bit different. Uh, you're definitely going to have guys from like the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. I mean, they went through a lot. The Hardys, you know, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys when they had their TLC matches. You know, pretty much anybody who kicked around an ECW for an extended duration of time. Right? Well, look at Jerry. Right? Jerry's had... Only three quarters of his body is replaced now. Yeah, I think he's that the bionic man. God mm-hmm. love him. But you know, then but it's all wear and tear. Right, it's just beat up. It's it's a hard racket to be at. You know, if you get dropped on your back 
from a body slam, very simple, very basic move, that hurts. Even if you know how to land, it hurts a little bit. Now you get that done to you, you know, 50,000 times. You know, if you're got a, if you wrestling somebody who's a high flyer, they're jumping off the top rope landing on you. That hurts. That's wear and tear. Well, what's the saying you use? There's only, only so many bumps in your ticket or something or another? Bumps on your bump card. Yeah, but that's just the way it is. It's, you just get beat up. It's wear and tear over and over. Yeah, the guys just get, they just their bodies start to give up. That's all it's to it. Right? So, I don't know. Continue. No, it's, it's just it's just the way it is. When you do something very physically demanding like that, your body's going to give out. You're going to be in pain. Things start to hurt after a while. That's it. Speaking of the aforementioned Mick Foley, um, Arn Anderson on his uh, podcast was talking about uh, former wrestling colleague Mick Foley and his health on the Arn podcast. Uh, Arn Anderson, as many people know, was in WWE uh, in the 80s, and then obviously uh, he ended up going back to WCW. He was a part of the uh, Dangerous Alliance. That's when obviously they broke up the Horsemen, and then he was a part of the Horsemen when they came back again. He actually was speaking candidly about his good friend Mick Foley and what's going on with Mick as far as his injuries. And in the podcast, Anderson addresses questions how Foley appears nowadays. He says, you see how hurt he is. Is he injured? Yes, he is. Do you see it? No, he doesn't really let you see it. I don't think he would offer uh, anyone to see what's going on. He will never let the cat out of the bag. He is disabled. He enjoys so much of being around the business, though. This revelation has left fans concerned about Foley's well-being. Uh, Arn Anderson discussed how Foley's injuries stem from years of putting his body through immense physical strain to entertain fans. Uh, he would go on to say, Mick Foley is known for taking some of the most brutal and dangerous bumps in the history of wrestling. One of the most unforgettable moments, obviously, came from the top of the cell in Hell in Cell, 1998, King of the Ring. Um... I'm trying to see if there's another quote here by Arn, but I think it's a pretty big quote when he said before. I mean, as far as everything he's suffering, you'll never see it. I don't think he would offer to tell anyone about it. He is disabled. That's, so. that's sad. It's very sad. It's very sad to hear this. Hopefully I'm interpreting and I'm reading that correctly. Um, but it's, 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 it's a shame because the man has given him so much of his life um, to this, and you got to think about this too. Like, I mean, when they made Beyond the Mat, he was talking about retiring at thirty-five. I want to say when that movie was going out, how he was he was you know not having many more years left in him, and that clearly didn't end up turning out to be the case. I guess the, the statement is true. Uh, you never really truly retire from the world of wrestling. Either the wrestling business kicks you out um, or your body just can't handle it anymore. But you never, you very rarely do you have the, the choice of leaving the business. Well, see, I've seen him here in Kingston. He was doing a, a stand-up show, Brandon Island. And when he walked in, he, he wasn't moving well. If he he was having a hard time walking, you could tell, and it wasn't like his uh, 
his mankind, you know, walk, you know, his his ring walk. It, it was legit. He was having a hard time walking. So you can only imagine. You think of some of the stuff he put himself through. My God. On one of his books, there was a list of the injuries he's had. I don't remember which book it was. And it was disturbing. The, the amount of stuff he's put himself through. Because you think all the all the death matches he had over in Japan. Yeah. Right? And the time he got his head stuck in the ropes. Wrestling Vader, I think it was. And ended up ripping his ear off. Yes. You know, and then there was the hell in the cell. There was where the rock damn near killed him with the chair shots to the head. Mm-hmm. Only it was handcuffed or the boiler room matches, the the this match, the that match. The, it was when he was big in WWE. Let's be honest, it was very violent matches then. It was the you know the hardcore title was still around and it was you know, there's just viciousness. You know, getting dropped on cement floor. But even if you know how to land, you're still landing on a goddamn cement floor. This That's is true. Hurt. Um, there's a diagram here, and it lists his injuries here. So, second-degree burns on his arm and his shoulder, a broken right wrist, broken cheekbones, uh, bone chips in his elbow, a separated right shoulder, bruised kidneys, torn abdominal muscle, uh, tore his ACL, uh, two-thirds of his ear was ripped off. He's had eight concussions, a broken nose twice, four teeth knocked out. He broke his jaw, dislocated his left shoulder, fractured his left shoulder. He broke his thumb. He has, four, he has 54 stitches just in one arm. He has two herniated discs, and he's broken over five ribs. And he has a broken, or has had a broken toe. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a lot. But he also wrestled after that. Oh, absolutely. He still continued so, to wrestle. You know what has he had at this point? A lot. Um, so many things. I mean, we can talk about that, but I, I kind of want to end the show with uh, with this last segment here. So this is from E-Wrestling News. Freddie Prince Jr., who obviously a lot of people know from the 90s, was a heartthrob actor. Uh, he then went into becoming a writer in Hollywood after his on-screen time had ended. He also has always been a big wrestling fan, and he ended up getting uh, some work in WWE working in their creative department. He's also working on establishing his own wrestling promotion as well. On a recent appearance of Insight with Chris Van Vliet, Freddie Prince Jr. discussed possibility of of AEW star MJF going to the WWE. Um, He talked about, this is pretty Prince, about the perspective from a Cody Rhodes, you know, coming back to WWE after being gone, but then losing to Roman Reigns and, you know, how something like that would be looked at. Was it looked at as a punishment or not? Um, I'm not going to read this whole thing because there's a ton of it, but I'm going to read a little bit on what would keep MJF in AEW instead of WWE, um, he would go on to say, you know, I really don't know. The character MJF could go just about anywhere and make money. I think he's a special star. He will get special treatment wherever he goes. There are exceptions made for exceptional people. And I feel like any any offer from WWE would um, force Tony Khan to match it. 
MGF has a ton of freedom also right now in AEW. A ton of freedom that Tony Khan gives him. If you go to WWE, you simply do not have that. It's a publicly traded company as of right this moment. There are people you have to answer to. And I've heard that when you work in WWE for performers, it's just a completely different environment. I don't know if Max would trust the process there at a company to get him over as he is in a smaller company like AEW. If AEW continues to doing what they're due, they're going to be fine, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he thinks that it might not be a bad idea for Max to maybe pump the brakes on this whole jumping to WWE. Let me ask you this question. Obviously, Max is a big deal. He's a special star. He's a great talent. Do you think it is in his best interest to go to WWE, or do you think it's his best interest to stay in AEW? Uh, I wish you had told me about this question before. Um, probably stay in AEW. Honestly, because just like Freddie Prince said, if he goes to WWE, he's not going to, he can't get away with the stuff he says and does now. Surely, God, somebody will have a conniption fit if he says half the stuff he says. They, they just won't allow it. And, well, it's, it's well known that in WWE, they write your promos for you, or they write a good portion of it for you. And yes. I don't think that happens in AEW. I've never heard that it happens anyhow. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. But he definitely won't have the freedom. Because you got to think, some of the stuff he says is pretty... It's it's something. It's, it's out there. It's like, it's mean. And mean is being nice about it. Right. Some of the stuff he says is pretty mean. Well, just that think about him throwing fly. the drink on the fan. I mean, that in itself got yeah. him a ton of trouble. Yeah. So you, what would happen if he did that in WWE? Ooh, ooh. Right. Should have hit fan. It would very much so. So, if he goes to WWE, we, he and we as well as fans need to understand it's going to be a very watered down version of him. It's not going to be. The MJF we have today. Now, could they make it work? Sure. They could. But don't you kind of enjoy the MJF that we see? Right now? Absolutely, yes. Right, so if he goes to WWE, it'll be a financial move, I would assume. Because he'll he'll have next to no creative. Not compared to what he has now. And he's going to be on a pretty short leash. The sensors are going to be on his hind end, and he just can't fly off the handle like he does. So he's probably better off to stay in AEW. I mean, if if, if Endeavor comes to him with a with a stupid stupid offer, well, you're going to go. I am. Right? I mean, if they're going to offer him five mil, Tony comes in. Now I'm just making numbers up here now, so I have no idea, but. If they're going to offer him five mil, Tony Conklin's in at two, two and a half. Well, sorry, TK. I'm out of here. That's a lot of money. I'm not going to leave that on the table. Because it's a short window for him to make his money. 
It is. You're right. And especially what they put their bodies through. Right. So, but I mean, if, if the contracts are, are close, then I'd say he's, he's going to stay in, a, in AEW. Would you be somebody, okay, let's say you're a top star in a smaller promotion and it turns into, are you going to resign with that company or are you going to jump to somebody big? Wouldn't you want to have some type of assurance that the organization is going to continue to build around you or build to continue to make this thing a big deal? It's just like when, when a team has a big star player, right? The star player may sign because they're told we're going to build everything around you or we're going to build things up so it it, it looks good, you know? Um do you think he would ever come back and say, "Hey, Tony, I want to stay. I like the money, but you gotta you gotta build some things up differently." Do you think he would ever do something like that, or do you think it's either, "Hey, listen, you're an employee. Here's the money. Take it or don't take it." He'll he would probably try to get some creative in there. I would hope that Tony Khan would nip that in the butt real fast because I I think when when talent have that creative, I think that's foolish. Because the you go to work tomorrow, you have to teach the curriculum. Period. I go to work tomorrow, I have my, my responsibilities to look after them, you know. I can't tell the boss, well, I think this is what I should do now. Okay, Chris, door's over there. Right. You know, we'll get that last check in the mail to you. Bye-bye. Because it's just not how it works in the real world. Yeah, no, I, now, I get wrestling is not the real world, but it's just, it's still a job. You're still going to work. So I don't think, I don't fancy when they have the creative. And you've seen it go wrong so many times on WCW. A lot of those guys had creative control in their contracts. Didn't work out well. Didn't work out too well. I agree. So. I think it should just be, and the same thing should be for Miro as well. Miro's been away for quite a while because he didn't like what they were bringing to him. Guess what, bud? I don't care if you like it or not. This is what we have for you. You're an employee of AEW. Get your ass to work. That's right. Like it or lump it. Right? That's just my take on that. I agree. Good conversations this week. We talked about so many different things. Uh, we talked about Impact Wrestling and Trinity and Josh Alexander and Steve Macklin. Uh, we talked about what's going on in WWE. Uh, we talked about what's going to be happening, um, obviously, with Saudi Arabia. That's going to be coming up. Talked about the bloodline. What's going to be happening with Roman? What are they going to be doing with that uh, Raw championship? Are they going to go with, uh, clearly, a guy who a lot of people feel is the one to go with, Seth Rollins? Or are they going to go with AJ Styles? Obviously, we know that Seth is going to be doing TV stuff and uh, movie stuff as well, so that could definitely impact that. Um, so many topics, so many things we've talked about. If you want to catch everything, definitely go ahead and, and re-listen to this episode and other episodes that we have available as well uh, on MLWRadio.com. Uh, Butster, any last final thoughts, comments, feelings, anything like that uh, before we call it a night? Yeah, I think I'm pretty good. It's a good show. Well, good to see you again. Good yeah. to see you as always. Yeah, I'm glad to hear the 
you and the fam are doing well. The little one's doing well. And yeah, that's about it. Any new updates on things that are going on in the woodworking world, my friend? Uh, no updates. I uh, work on a couple things. Um, about working on a couple things, Linda told me I'm working on a couple things. <laughs> so I guess I should eventually get to that. Uh, yeah. Work on trying to get into a couple shows in the area. And that's about it. Nothing really, nothing new and exciting. Nice. Just, just trying. I mean, that's all you can do. One day at a time, do the best you can, right? Yes, sir. And what did you always say? Don't what? Don't be a scumbag. Don't be a scumbag, folks. Don't be a scumbag. Um, well, I think that is that is everything. We'd love for you if you would follow us on social media as well. You can follow me at my new Twitter handle, which is at the, T-H-E-M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D, the Mike Freeland. If you followed me prior um, on just Mike Freeland, definitely go ahead and jump over and uh, and follow me at my new one. Having so many different hiccups and issues with this Twitter, um, and I decided, you know what, we're just going to start fresh. I tried to let as many people know as possible before I went ahead and left my old one, but obviously it's like some people might not have gotten all the information. Um, but the Butster, if people would like to continue with you and continue this conversation, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, get me on Twitter at gotnoof2291 at G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. Perfect. Guys, it has been so much fun. For our executive producer, The Rit, who also hosts his own uh, podcast, it is called The Pesky Podcast. The boys of summer are back in full swing. Major League season is in its heyday right now. The summer is just about to hit here, and that means the balls are flying all out of ballparks. He covers everything Boston Red Sox, but he also covers other things in the Major League Baseball world as well. Check out The Pesky Podcast, which is available anywhere fine podcasts are made available uh, you can also check out and please subscribe to their YouTube channel as well. That thing is growing leaps and bounds. Uh, I talked to the Ritster and he said uh, they're so grateful. Uh, they have over 500 uh, subscribers already on YouTube. And uh, just keep that up. Keep supporting that show. Keep supporting the Rit. And uh, they're going to be adding some more content as well uh, to the lineup of the Pesky Podcast. So continue following them as well. Once again, follow the butt. Follow myself. And, uh, yeah, don't be a scumbag. For the writ, for the butt, I am Mike Freeland. It's been real. It's been fun. Catch you next time on the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material Brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The rules.